93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Our next guest is, well, he's one of the busiest actors you're going to find, period. All over the place. Constantly working. John Leguizamo! How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Good just to see drove you. in. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah? You don't mean that. No, I did. I yeah. just drove in from Manhattan. Yeah. And traffic? Uh, oh, right? man. I, I, I forgot to include uh, Rush Hour. We're, That's why I'm a little late. So, so what? What I now, mind you, for years I lived down here, and my wife is up in New York. We just got married. I got a radio job down here, and I commute back and forth. I oh, conjugals to get some conjugals. Conjugals, yep. exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I called it. <laughs> and I contend, Kathy will agree with this, that the worst stretch of road in the world is the Belt Parkway. Oh, the Belt Parkway is the—it's a nightmare, man. I never um, want to be on that. Unbelievable. <laughs> Why would you put yourself on that? Yes. Couldn't you figure out a different route? I couldn't well, because I was heading out to have GPS in those days. Yeah. No, but for years, I've tried to figure out a better way to get onto Long Island other than the Belt Parkway. And it's like if you go through the city, it's just as bad. It is just as bad. But is it? I know, I know, right? I'd rather go through Manhattan and get to look at some, you know, some hot women. Some walking around. Around. Right, right. You get your windshield <laughs> clean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They got rid of the squeegee guys. That's God. It's been a while since you drove, huh? Yeah. <laughs> since I've been up there, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but cool. Well, it, it's cool that you uh, you're, you're, you're have the, the two things tonight at Helium. And, I, and we were wondering, uh, is this part of a thing where you're working on new material for a stage show? Is this, Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, I, I never really did comedy clubs, man. Right. Uh, you know, I, I kind of like... I went to performance art and theater, and and so now I'm writing this new piece that I want to take to to jails and public schools because they're similar, and uh, and it's Latin history for dummies. And I thought, where can I test this sucker to make it, you know, chip worthy? And uh, I, I thought comedy clubs because they got the same kind of attention span as uh, jails and public schools. <laughs> but that's that's going to be a tough thing because especially it is a in, tough. In, in it was day, tough in this day and age. Where you you have people with their cell phones or whatever, I guess it's is it hard to keep something like this under wraps before you have it finely tuned? That's that's why I, I'm doing the comedy clubs because I used to test everything out in Manhattan, but it got too small for me. So right now I I, I do these comedy clubs and, and nobody you know is the wiser. Yeah. What's that process like when you're testing something out? If it doesn't work, do you just strike it from the record or do you try it again or is it is it trial and error? It depends. I mean, some stuff I got big confidence that I know I'm going to figure out, even though they're not laughing. I still know that there's a nugget somewhere some of the stuff i just got to give up if, if it's constantly <laughs> yeah so you, you know it's you, like you, oh man this patch of dre- desert no laughs i can't take it anymore it's torturous right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so do you have to videotape each for performance so you know what hits no no you, i do i take notes or? no i'm an idiot savant man i do yeah. it, i do it by by feeling and ear you know? yeah yeah kidding. yeah um, I love this. Uh, I love this type of idea. You know, it's it's Latin history for dummies. Um, along the lines that of that would it, be you. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry, but yeah, no, no, like a, you like, know you are. <laughs> like the Colin Quinn. You know, he was he was incorporating he did a great history. history piece. And, I love Colin, man. Yeah, and uh, and Eddie Izzard. You know, he includes a he's a huge dressed to kill. He did a yeah, lot of history, history stuff. buff. And and so is that kind of a? I think they get, that gave me confidence that I could do a piece like that. Yeah, yeah. They definitely influenced me in a lot of ways, man. So then, what uh, what parts of Latin history are you going to be exploring? I'm covering it all, show? brother. Yeah. I, I had no. I was so ignorant, and now I, I I'm ready here to enlighten everybody. We were here in, during the Revolutionary War, Civil War, uh, World War One, Two, Eight War of eighteen twelve. Yeah, we've contributed so much, man, and nobody knows. Like there was this General Galvez uh, during the the Revolutionary War who saved the South from the British. Took all the supplies, burned them. Would talk trash to to the Brits. Your queen is uglier than Thomas Jefferson. Fire! <laughs> Shoot the hell out of it. We had a, a, a Cuban woman that dressed like a man, 
during the Civil War, fought the Civil War on the wrong side, uh, but uh, huh. it would be the Confederacy. Still? Okay, so <laughs> the wrong side, yeah. So to do your research and find out what what was worth uh, covering in this, uh, did you just jump on the internet or did you talk to somebody historians and get some ideas of what all might of the be above, the path? Okay. all that man. I, you all know, right. I, I read big tomes. That's a big book. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> talked to Latin history professors. Yeah, Google. You know, talked to Martin Sheen on. In the Hamptons, he's a smart guy. <laughs> Martin yeah. Sheen, yes. Yeah, wow. So this is a, a, a just an Emilio a, Estevez, I'm sure. Anybody with a well, that's his son. Yeah, 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 yeah. but just a huge cool. learning experience for you. It, it was, you know, I, I felt so much pride, man. I started right. feeling incredibly proud because I felt like, what did we contribute to this country? What do we, you know? But we contribute a ton, man. Do you know what happens? Yeah. And it does happen. Is that you, you know. Uh, you guys get short shrift. You know, a lot of times it's just, it's just looked over, in, in, historically speaking. Thank you, my brother. Because you're, <laughs> you're, you're not the squeaky wheel. Testify. Yeah. Church. <laughs> Thank you. I love this guy. So when you're doing when you're doing the show, and I, I love the, the, the concept, and we've talked about this before. Yeah. I, I love your stage shows. They're great. And, and, and you're just... Thank you, man. It, it's, you're, yeah. you're an explosion on stage. But there's just so much going on between what the written word and the character and the performance it still boggles my mind how you manage to remember it and stay on point. I well, mean, right now, to... right now, I'm reading it off the computer. Okay, <laughs> let's be honest. That, that stuff is hard to keep in your head. It is, yeah. You know, my mom told me not to do drugs, and I never listened to her. So you know, <laughs> I, can, I only have so much RAM left. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I have to read it for like at least a year because it's always changing. I can't keep 50 pages in my head. It's impossible. So, all right. So you're working on this, and w- is there an ETA to the stage uh, show unveiling, or, or yeah, uh, I'm doing it at Berkeley Rep. Uh, January 2016 will be the first time performing the whole thing and you're in a crap load of movies man i see, i just watched uh john wick the other night oh man wasn't that a good flick that is a great yeah, movie back, man. <laughs> and you are great in it you're a chop shop owner yeah, yeah and uh but you're and then you're in the ride along and you're you you're like you've become i mean obviously you've done a lot of film work but you are now i think now more than ever the go-to guy uh for for you're in the new tina fey uh amy Poehler, yeah, yeah, sisters. sisters i play a, a guy you know who who you know helped her um Lose her virginity in high school, but uh, I, she got over it. But I didn't. I still, I still want some more. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. What's What's the worst movie you've ever been in? Ooh. Oh wow! Bring the energy down. <laughs> no, I mean because you like and movies. He's still smiling though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't see me smiling. No, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not. It's not a bad no, movie I, because you were been, in it. I've been in a bad few. Mo- uh, you know, who hasn't been in a bad movie? I've done 75 movies. They can't all be great. Hey, was there one in which you maybe played? I don't know a, a video game character. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to diss that movie. You're not going to make me diss that movie because you know a lot of kids. Come up to me and they go, yes, that, you hate that movie, but it was my favorite movie growing up and everything. And I it's feel like bad, movie. man. So and like, I'm not going to diss it anymore. You got to work with the late great Bob Hoskins and Dennis Hopper man. and Dennis Hopper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. It's pretty Both cool. Yeah. Wow, but so I mean, I'm not gonna diss anymore. All right, but you were very honest. We were talking before. I mean, money's money, and and I mean, you got it. You got it. <laughs> you know, do you, do you ever take something and you go in with the best intentions? Because you, you can only of have course you have so much. You can't only. You have don't so watch much a movie sweat. going. God, I can't wait till this sucks. <laughs> right, I can't wait to really fail. No, you're going. I'm gonna fix this sucker. It's gonna rock. I know I can make it work. And then, oh, what about fail. the opposite? You go in and as you're as you're working on the set, you're like, I don't think this is working. And then you finally see it and you go, Oh. Oh, now I get it. Well, I mean, I'm trying to think of something like that was like that because it, it doesn't usually work that doesn't way. Work. It's always the other it's way. Usually, it's usually the other way. I mean, yeah. if a mo- if a script is great, they can wreck it, but usually it's going to be great, man. If if it, and I can feel on the set if it's going to rock. I'm trying to think of something that went awry like that. I don't. I don't. Nothing like that, man. No, it's always. 
It's always the opposite. It's a bad script, and you hope for the best, and the money always kind of blinds you a little bit. Sure, yeah. I just got offered something crazy. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but because if I turn it down, it's just going to be bad energy. But it's crazy money. It's a terrible sequel. You know, it's like number fifty. You know, oh, give us a bad time. No, I'm not giving. Okay, I'll I'll tell you one thing. That what's it sound like? (laughs) (laughs) You guys are relentless. I know. What what is on fire for you has been the Ice Age movies, and and they've been consistently five. Number five being we're on five. Yeah, yeah. We're going to space this time. I mean, what's left? (laughs) Right. We've so done fun. underground. We've done the ice. It melted. It thawed. It, you know, whatever. Yeah. But they're good movies, man. I, I, yeah. I watch them all the time with my son, and I, they're just—they're funny. They're cute. They're touching. You know, they're, they're everything you would want in an. And animated it gives you time for you to get some touching. Thank you. Put the kid, park uh, yeah. him in there, turn it on. Sure, sure. Yeah. Your uh, five minutes. So you, you have that. You, you you mentioned American Ultra. I have to ask you because that's with uh, um, Jesse, uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart. What's Kristen Stewart like working with her? You know. She's incredibly fine. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I gotta tell you, she's like ridiculously hot yeah. in person. I couldn't believe how no smoking. And she's got this mysterious vibe that she puts out. She does that, that lip bite thing. Yeah, it was it was crazy. I, I couldn't believe it. So, I, can, I understand now. So the kudos, and that's an action comedy. Yeah, yeah. Did you? Do- I'm the comedy. They're the, the, the action. Okay. All right. You have sisters. Oh, Fugly, Fugly. I just my movie. My first movie I wrote. Oh man. It's called Fugly. Yeah. It's out on Vimeo, iTunes, whatever platform you can get it. <laughs> that suckers out there. What is the What is the plot line of Fugly? We can imagine. Right. This kid grows up Fugly. Moi, you know, and then he finds a personality, and then all of a sudden he just wants to bang every woman on the planet. And is that okay with you? <laughs> I just want to pass that. That's real. That's, that's, that's that a fun? high concept. Is that based on real life or anything? <laughs> Kinda. Did you always have game when you were were growing up? I did, I had game. Like from when I was fourteen till I was about seventeen, then my game went away. I don't know what the hell happened. No, really? no idea why it left. No, I, I was, I, you know, I lost my virginity at thirteen. I was having a blast. Oh, All the dude. chicks wanted me. I, I was then at seventeen. I don't know. It just whew. give us, give us a. Uh, it was like <laughs> dry. <laughs> nothing, like nothing. Con- confetti. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> well, you know what? That's co- college, you know, like around nineteen twenty, it came back. Yeah, uh, it, it just, it's gone. But uh, it wasn't like it never came back like that, though. What was what was what what happened with thirteen, that- dude? I, I was cool. I had a fro. I was hanging out with the toughest kid in the school. Okay. Girls come by to check him out, and I get the fallout. I was amazing. I had it all hooked up and set up. How old was she? She was the same, 13. Oh, okay. Oh, All right. I, was, I pegged it for an older girl. So no, did I. No, it was okay. incredible. We, both knew, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. Floundering. Oh, it's amazing. Mario Lopez. You know, Mario yeah. Lopez just said I he lost my voice. He, he lost my voice. Well, by the moment. Mario Lopez lost his at 12. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's young. Mario Lopez. 12. Well, yeah, that's what he says. Shooting blanks. He was, what the hell is it? 12. Yeah. yeah. That's against the law, isn't it? I think so. <laughs> I think 13. 13's against the law. <laughs> not, not if it's consensual in somebody yeah. your own age. We No. I can't remember. <laughs> I'm just trying you to tell make it yourself that, John. <laughs> I will, and I have. You That's should. What you do. Uh, so, all right. So all the movies, uh, constantly working on that. This is your the first movie that you you wrote. Right? That I wrote myself, man. I produced it. I star in it. It's hilarious. Rosie Perez kills in it. She's oh. she's looking good too. I love she, her. She's, she's, a, real she's good, a very man. good looking lady, man. I, I remember White... the first time I saw her and uh, do the right thing. Wow. Like, Holy Christ. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. watch White Man Can't Jump just because there's one scene where you see the side of her boob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody, nobody forgot that moment. No. Well, there's the ice scene in Do the Right Thing where they're, they're, it's so hot and they're doing the ice on each other's bodies. You remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, or in the beginning with the... Didn't they date? I think they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I like the way he said, I think they did. He gets all gossipy. He's playing his gossipy voice. My life is so, is so boring that I have to live vicariously. Who um, doesn't, man? Isn't it great to live vicariously? I mean, that's what's all that's left to you. You're married, and what are you going to do with your life? Is this the best time for you now with all this stuff? Because you got you got the movies, you got offers. You said you were offered a a, a part in the following, uh, but you couldn't take it, right? No, I couldn't take it. I'm doing a movie with uh, Brad Furman, who's from Philadelphia, great, great director. I was here the first time promoting his first movie, The Take, that we did together. And now we do a movie with Brian Cranston in London called, called uh, I got a New York accent all of a sudden, called, <laughs> <laughs> called The Infiltrator. It's going to be in London. We're going to be there for two months. It's incredible. You should watch it. And you'll love it. You Cranston's got- amazing. I, I, I actually was just watching. Uh, what am I, chopped liver? No. But no, so go ahead. Go ahead, so, go ahead. No, so there, there are other people in the universe, I know. Yeah, I know. Uh, but I was watching uh, Breaking Bad again the other day. I mean, I watched uh, every episode. It's one of the best episode. TV shows ever written. I just can't believe, you know, like. Um, what can't you believe? Just right. spill it out. Spill it. I've tried acting <laughs> before. It is hard. Yes, it, it is. is. Thank you. Really, really hard. And the, the hardest scene I've ever seen. I think ever is yeah. is the scene he did in Breaking Bad where he's on the phone with his wife. I don't know if you see this uh, this scene where he's yelling at his wife. Um, that was a lot of scenes like that. Well, he's yelling at his wife because the cops are listening. All right. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. Everything that he's saying, he doesn't mean. Mm-hmm. But, but the so the sounds and everything coming out of his mouth are sound true. But he's crying on the other side. I don't know how you can do stuff like that. Well, let me ask you about the nuances of acting because you do you do. Uh, you do big comedy where you're, you're you're gesturing huge, and then you do very subtle, very specific yeah, yeah. drama stuff. Um, when when you're doing multiple takes on on one scene, do you literally think, okay, I'll raise my right eyebrow just a little bit more this time around? Is it no, that no, detailed? These no, little no, you bitty facial things. You can't act like that. That's okay. kind of that's kind of like with bad acting, dude. Like guys who practice it in the mirror in the trailer, like yeah. Steven Seagal. Uh, hello, <laughs> but I mean, hello. no. There are sometimes where you'll see a, you do a, a, you do say you I I do. I, you got it. I mean, Dustin Hoffman said you got it. Every take should be different. Okay. That's really what great actors can do. Okay. Make sure that every take you're trying something different because you don't know what's going to really work. I'll, I'll see some scenes that, that might be like a tender moment or something like that, and, and the actor may just, just barely, that you pick up the slightest hint of, of a grin or something. It's yeah, not yeah. a full-on smile, but it's so subtle. They had to have thought that through, that they were going to do it on that level. You know what I mean? I mean, you you know you got a close up, so you're not going to do big, you right? Know, you're yeah. not going to mug. Yeah, right, you got right, a, right. a tight close up. You know you're going to do things a lot more, just letting your eyes Intimate. communicate. Yeah, yeah. And if it's further away, you know you got to gesticulate. Yeah, it's just it's it's that's it's, a word, isn't it? Yes, yes it is. It, Thank it's, you. It's amazing and, and confounding to us because you take a movie like Chef, which which I, I loved, which you were you were great in, a, a very quiet sort of you know little. Little thing where where it, it is that subtlety, it is that yeah, performance yeah. that that way. But you also do the the, the big stuff as well. Um, who is who who is the the one actor, or maybe there's a couple of them that, that that when you were on set watching them ply their craft, just blew you away. Where you're like, oh my god, I there's can't. been a lot of people like that, man. I gotta say, Pacino, De Niro, Dustin Hoffman in in a uh, in um Chef blew me away, man. You know the dude's seventy plus and still got it. And and he and you know. 10 o'clock in the morning, he comes in and knows all his lines. He, he killed it. I mean, he brought so much energy and reality, and he was improvising. I was like, oh, man, I want to be him. It's so wild. Yeah. But Pacino, the experience? That was amazing. I mean, it, that there is no other actor I've ever worked with 
that is just so present, man. Mm-hmm. He looks at you in the eye. It's like you're looking to the eye of a tiger, man. Wow, wow. He's just ready to take you wherever you're going to go, man. He's incredible. Nobody's like that. Well, all right. So as a seasoned veteran and somebody who knows what they're doing, and yeah. you, you, you're a student of the game, you know it, and, and you've also been around long enough to know who the great ones are, what do you think of award shows? Because for me, when you now we're down yeah. to like five – it's just subjective at that point. It, it, it does... is subjective, man. You're right. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, unless they put every actor doing the same part, you know, <laughs> like right. everybody's doing American Sniper. If I see right. Cumberbatch doing it, yeah. right. Red Maid, then I can judge. Yes. You but know other the... than that, it's a different story. And you, one guy's, you know, is, is handicapped, and the other one isn't. And I mean, how, how do you judge those there... performances? It's impossible. You're exactly right. There are certain types of roles that the Academy will go for, and it's just part of the deal. However, if it's some, if a movie that you love and the dude wins, the actor that you love. It's cool. It's cool to see. It's amazing. It. It's, it's amazing. amazing to see it. So, and then when movies that you don't like get re- awards, you feel like I don't know what the hell. <laughs> What's wrong with the world, <laughs> man? There's no justice. Going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. We're all for award shows because we're SAG members and we get the screener copies ahead of time of the movies we <laughs> yeah. get in the theater. So oh, I love the screeners. Isn't that great? <laughs> <laughs> well, they were making the point that that with the um, with uh, Selma. That the company didn't send out screener copies early. for early yeah. enough. That's a mistake, bro. And, right? Do you agree with that? that yeah. You're working I get at- tired. <laughs> I get tired by December. Like, I can't watch another freaking screener. I'm sick of these movies. <laughs> right. I mean, and it used to be before all this stuff, they would actually, they figured, okay, all the Academy members are going to go out and go see these movies or go to these screenings that we have arranged. And they wouldn't do it. They're all working professionals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the screeners works because I do see almost everything. You know, I try to vote right. only if I see everything. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I have, like, a big screening, invite all my friends, popcorn. And then nice. I'm lying. You, you I'm lying. Don't take away my academies. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you about a movie that uh, that Kathy hated uh, that, that we all oh, liked? Yeah. And, and we weren't sure if it was an industry darling uh, in Birdman. Which one? Birdman. You hated that? No, I, I loved did. it. I hated Kathy it. hated really? it. Oh, yeah, you got nauseous. Was... You got nauseous. I just thought it was... No, <laughs> that didn't... no, that didn't bother me. I just, I hated it. I hated it. Naked Ed Norton bothered you? No, not naked <laughs> What Ed bothered Norton. you? The entire movie. I couldn't stand it from start to finish. Don't and... hold back. <laughs> oh, no, she said literally the text was, does anybody want my copy of Birdman because I'm going to wipe my ass with it? <laughs> oh, I want it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> A little package of John Leguizamo's world. <laughs> Oops. Now, but we figured it's you know it's 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 a film about acting. It's a film about actors and and a stage in their lives. And but it's so a forth. brave so, movie, man. Yeah. It's very experimentally experimental the way he did. Like it was one take. Yeah. He gives you an ending that you don't know if the guy lives or he continues or he's dead. I mean, I, I liked all that. I thought it was very brave. There, there's there's some. Challenging um, uh, films like that. Kathy's not a big fan of, of challenge. Those. Well, she doesn't like to be challenged. <laughs> yeah, or she is challenged. Which one is it? Might be that one. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what? What? It, can you give us a, a tease about what people can expect who are coming to see it? Obviously, you're working on. Well, the there's show. a lot of filth. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of vulgarity, English and Spanish. Uh, I curse in both languages. Uh, yeah. Bilingual. When, and, when, uh, you, when you immediate when you're in a situation and you curse, do you curse in English first, or what? What, what, what do you? No, what, English. You, I, English is my go-to. You default to. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, you know, f bombs and everything, and um, and in Spanish, you know, I have to really think about it. Okay, <laughs> but, they, but then they come, they flow too. Which language um, sounds better when you're cursing? To me, English. English, right? English, I, I know it's the filthiest language ever, ever, man. I mean, it sounds angry and hostile. I love yeah. it. Yeah, aggressive consonants. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> in, in all the stuff that you're going to cover, and for those who are tuning in, it's Sean Leguizamo, and it's called Latin History for Dummies. Uh, in the history, or the uh, the research you did for the history, did you walk away with uh, with any new um, heroes from the world of Latinos? Maybe somebody that now you, you, you didn't know about or now look at differently and say, wow, that person was really important? Yeah, yeah. Serna, Serna, this private Serna in World War II, man, he captured a thousand Japanese by himself. Wow. Jesus Christ. How, how but he had a hard up? time capturing them because the Japanese had the Bushido code where they would yeah. rather kill themselves than let you capture you. Like, please let me capture you. Oh, kill yourself. I got to <laughs> capture you. It was kind of tough, but he still got the wow. French Croix de la Guerre. Yeah, yeah. They got to give a word you can pronounce, though. I mean, that was, <laughs> that was, that was Do you know where problem. that happened in the war? Uh, oh, man, I used to. Okay. <laughs> it's still all written down, and you're still learning it all, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, was, I, had, I had the place. Now I can't. I've been on a World War II kick lately. I've just been following, watching the history. Look him up, Serna. Okay. S-E-R-N-A. Yeah. I definitely will. And what's with the pen hat? I, I taught a master class in screenwriting at the pen. That's awesome. It was uh, incredible, man. Look at me. Yeah. I didn't even graduate from college. That's amazing. You, you know just did that for one, a- one semester? I did one class. Oh, wow. Would you do it again? Yeah, I, I, I love Penn, and I love doing it, man. I just did one in uh, Vassar. I did one for Vassar as well. Wow. How long do you encourage someone, before, or, or do you just find – are you straight up honest? Do you Simon Cowell and Completely say, not honest. This I completely lie. <laughs> You're completely I'm lying. I'm not going to destroy some young person's dreams. <laughs> what if I'm wrong? <laughs> I'm not always right. <laughs> what if I go, your movie sucked. It was the worst thing I ever saw. It's a piece of shh. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, like next yeah. Spielberg. How am I going to feel? Right, right. I guess you don't want to burn a potential bridge, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, John, I don't know if you remember last time we were here, we had you shoot us with BB guns. I don't know if you remember that. You guys are nuts. No. <laughs> don't make me do that again. No, we're not going to do it again. Just... What are you going to do this time? Colorectal exam. Yeah. <laughs> make us do it. You you, um, you had your friend Aaron here with you, and you made him. You're like, dude, get over there. And you, and you, do you remember that? Yeah. Okay. He was my assistant. All right. You can make an assistant do anything. Yes, you can. <laughs> That's their job, to do anything. To do anything you want. And then uh, what about Fugly? What can we expect? from it? It's out now? It's out now. Vimeo, okay. iTunes, Redbox, DVD, where, wherever there's a platform, get that sucker. I have to check out Fugly. Hilarious. Thanks, man. Well, you're, we're, we're big fans. We love Thank you. Thank you, man. I love being here. I'm a big fan you of you guys, man. We appreciate it. John Leguizamo, yeah. let's hear Funniest it for radio station in the country. You demand. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. There was a story in Cosmopolitan not that long ago. We're big readers. It's, of course, Cosmo, man. Yeah. Uh, Not that long ago. And the author was talking about the fact, it leads with, my mom is hotter than I am. (laughs) That's what it leads with. She said, as a kid, I was blindly unaware of this. I only knew her looks were important to her from the way her slick lotion skin smelled before bed and in the mornings. By the warm cloud of hairspray of Lancome Magie Noir that hung in her bathroom. Lancome. And she says, then at 15, a guy friend came to pick me up. As he shook my mom's hand, I noticed his cheeks flush and his po- his posture loosen. Backing out of my driveway in his dad's Navy Volvo, uh, he turned to me and confided, your mom is a total milf. 
<laughs> is you that something you want you to no. say? You do not tell a girl you, uh, that you're dating or going out on a date with that She's, your mom is hot. She said, at the time, I felt flattered. I thought of the other moms with their round tummies and crinkly eyes. Prettier was better, right? Uh, but she said, I don't really idolize my mom's glamour. If anything, I sort of look down on it. And then she goes on how to say she's kind of struggled with the fact that her hmm. mom is, is this really glamorous woman. Uh, and she's kind of not that way. And the piece opens up, too, to other things because because of the fact that women now and, and, and just people in general, mm-hmm. parents exercising. Doing cosmetic surgery, getting enhancements. Moms are way different today Moms than are, when I was a kid. <laughs> Pitch your ass. But is, I mean, so is this girl pretty or? Uh, it I, doesn't, do we, I don't know. There was so, no picture included okay. in the article, so we can't judge. Yeah. Yeah, when I you mean, say either, your mom's hot, you always have to include pictures. And either way, like even if you, you know, uh, you take after your mom and, you know, you're good looking like your mom, it's still your mom. She's still hot. And then if it's the other way around where you're not you know, you're not a looker and your mom is beautiful. That's, that has to be hard. And I think well, it's that's the same. Me. I think it's the same with sisters too. Like I, I've seen, I've seen that a lot. I have a, um, have some friends where their, their sister is just absolutely gorgeous and they, they didn't get those jeans. What's yeah. worse, hotter sister or hotter mom? I, I think know. hotter mom. I think so. Just yeah. because of the generational gap. Right. And, and you're always living in her shadow. Although I guess you're uh, living in her shadow. A hotter sister, I think, would be tougher because there's really they're, they're snagging the guys that you want. Right. Yeah. I mean, there, there's competition between the sister, yeah. hopefully not with your but, mom. But you can also get the sister sloppy seconds. Right. <laughs> whereas mom is uh, is a whole different thing. My mom was very hot. My mom was a was a, was a model. Well, you know she was what? hotter than you. Oh, by leaps and bounds. <laughs> I, 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 I knew that. I said, this, uh, mom, Dad, who did you? bang to get me because rem- it's clearly not her i remember my classmates always <laughs> telling me how hot my older brother was and i didn't like that and i was like well what about me you know but oh you're was, not no, oh, oh, oh <laughs> you're not at all that's oh, why i'm telling that you how part I, out yeah your your brother however you, yeah turnabout's fair play because you you are always you know g- women like you case oh yeah you you you, you you have a thing that, women love case yeah. yeah i mean that's like casey's like the friend yeah, you're oh. like a good. Friend. I'm like I'm like the friend who farts you're like a State lot. Farm. Yeah. yeah, the friend who farts a lot. Yeah. Oh, he's so funny. Uh, <laughs> Casey's the funny friend. He gave me pink eye with one of his farts. <laughs> but here, <laughs> how do you do that? That's uh, that's the the it's the old wives' tale. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh, the, but the, the the next step of this is though, as she becomes an adult, her mom is still. Doing the glamour, hot thing. Getting, Looking younger. Yeah, and, and also she got like a facial. She got like a, not a facial. She got a... Um, <laughs> That'll do it. Because you can't quite make out anything. A facelift. There's a place on the corner called Bukaki's. Check it out. Dude, shut up. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, she got a facelift and all the stuff at you know in, in her 50s. And, and the daughter's going, why do you... You're married. You don't need to be doing this. Uh, but there, there are mothers that, that still, you know, being attractive... Not just looking good, but being attractive is still important to them. Yeah, I think it'd be annoying. I think at a certain listen, if, because it was a different gender too. You know, th- thankfully, you know, uh-huh. my, my mom was a, was a woman. Um, the uh, there were I didn't I wasn't I did have to though deflect guys who were you know 
interested in right. my mother, which was an issue. Kathy, do you have a problem that your mom's hotter than you or no? <laughs> <laughs> no, my mom is beautiful in her day, but I wouldn't necessarily call her a... a in her day. I mean, nobody's prettier than She's, me at this point, right? Uh, yeah, clearly not hotter than <laughs> That's just laughable. <laughs> oh, Casey's no, being I, funny again. You know what? No, a funny friend. I do see pictures of my mom when she was young. My mom was beautiful when she was young. And, your mom's uh, beautiful now. She was, very, she was so skinny and just like not... How I was when I was young. You saw me. I was. I looked like a little Puerto Rican kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah. No. I. I'm like. Wait. I didn't. I clearly didn't get my mom's jeans. I'm gonna have <laughs> to stand, step up for your mom here, despite your uh, allegations that she's ugly. No. I'm, I'm not saying. She's, no, stop it. <laughs> she's a, a beautiful woman. No. I'm just saying. I don't. I don't look like my mom. I don't think I do. Hey. Let me go to. I gotta go to Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Good morning. Good morning. You guys rock. Hey, hey, thank you. What's happening, Jenny? So I probably have a hotter mom and a hotter sister, but I think the bigger issue was the hot sister because we started a new school when we were, I was in seventh grade and she was in eighth grade and she was like already developed, ready for boys. And so they expected that I was going to be the same because she was hooking up with them. So I was supposed to be hooking up with them. And that 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 was like more of a challenge. I mean, if it's your mom, they're not really in the same category. Your friends aren't trying to hook up with your mom or hopefully your mom's not trying to hook up with your friends. I I hear that, Jenny. What about, though, the um, guys coming over to the house and seeing your hotter mom? Would you notice reactions? No, I think my mom, like, she's always been in shape and taking good care of herself, but she doesn't have, like, that full milk effect. Like, she's more conservatively dressed and not trying to, to do that. So, no, there was not. It's more like a natural beauty that she has and not the... You know, I want to bone you kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I want to bone you vibe. But there was a hot yeah. uh, milfy mom in, in my neighborhood growing up. That Well, my mom was, but there was also Mrs. Foley who oh. was... Uh, nice. A, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, thank you, Jenny. Bye-bye, Jenny. Right. <laughs> I just had to play that. Uh, no, by the way, Kathy was joking about the Puerto Rican thing. I, we we're getting a couple of texts oh. in. It, she does not mean that at all. Jesus Christ. Yeah, the Puerto Ricans are ugly. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> she just no. doesn't... She I doesn't... I almost said something, though, just the way that you implied it. You're oh, like, no, oh, no. yeah, you look like an ugly Puerto Rican She just no. doesn't look, she looked different than she does now. She I just did, completely look, changed the way she looks. My mother has blonde hair, blue eyes, Irish. I look nothing like her. And if you, okay, go look at the pictures of You look when like Mario Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. No, now you said that it was yeah. ugly. If uh, only you look Puerto Rican. But I wonder, you know, it's okay, though, if your mom is... Wants to still be sexy, right? All right. But what if right? your mom no. is trying to um, to live vicariously through the daughter? That's a different story. Yeah. I, I agree. That's um, it's Amy Poehler in uh, the exactly. Mean Girls. Yeah. It's totally trying to still be a teenager, right? And and hang out with the girls and stuff. And that's that's just that's kind of sad, actually. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Though, if you are, if it's in your family, it's a nightmare. But if you are, if if you're able to enjoy how things look, if you're, mm-hmm. you know, if it, it's just a bonus. I'm going to go to Matt. Hi, Matt. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, you guys rock. Thanks, man. Ow! What's up, buddy? So I got a younger brother. I grew up on Long Island, and my younger my younger brother was always getting all the girls. And uh, I he ended up stealing one of my girlfriends. Like uh, I was in my bedroom, basically just got done with her, and she looked at me and said, "You know what? You're ugly." And she literally like left my room and walked up the stairs and banged my brother. What? Oh, wait, That's wait, wait. not. No uh, wait, wait a second. So you have just uh, finished the act. She looks at you and says, "You know what? You're ugly." Walks upstairs and has sex with your brother? Like, right after. What? 
what bizarre science fiction story is. I can't even imagine. How would that happen? How would you let that happen? <laughs> I have no idea. But actually, afterward, uh, me and my brother ended up, like, you know, fist pumping. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome, you know? Well, yeah, because so, he's a total skank. Yeah. But... <laughs> Obviously, it didn't impact you. I mean... I was kind of upset at the time, but afterward, I was kind of, it was kind of like, you know, a conquest for my brother and I, you know? Okay, it's, it's something you guys could do together. <laughs> right. Instead of, that, um, is, that is the most bizarre story so I've ever turns heard. turns around and says, you're ugly. Yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty, uh, devastating. That's, and, that's and did just that, unpleasant. Did that come out of nowhere? I mean, just all of a sudden, that's just popped out of her mouth? Yeah. Like, Amongst like, other like, things. Just, just looked over at me and said, you know what? I'm done with you. You're ugly. Wow. wow. That's Maybe. an Amanda Bynes thing to say. That's a little harsh. Oh, hard. I mean, <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, were you just were you a disappointing lay, Matt? <laughs> I, I mean, I guess so. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it was too quick for her. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. I Jesus. appreciate it. I, um, that's, that's, a, that's a tender time. I'm going to go to Michelle. Hey, Michelle, good morning. Hey, bitches. Hey, hey what? Well. What's going on? Yeah, mine isn't really, like, dating related, but when I was growing up, my dad was single and he was good looking and he liked to go out and have fun and i would have a problem because i'd bring him to like back to school night and parent conferences and if the teacher was younger or good looking she goes oh so is your dad coming to the meeting or the one teacher i swear now i'm a little bit older but and i had to take shorthand and i couldn't do it to save my life who wants squiggles instead of words uh, but the only reason I passed shorthand is because my spinster shorthand teacher had the hops for my dad. So your your dad was, were your friends attracted to your dad as well? No, because my dad was kind of like, he could be really goofy and silly around my friends. So I think that took any of the romantic thing out of it. Right, it was okay. More like the teachers and the, the moms, the single moms of my friends were always like, oh, is your dad coming to pick you up? Uh, no. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know. Is your dad coming uh, to the party? No. <laughs> did, so did you get protective of him? Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, my parents were younger, so my dad and I always had a deal that he would never date anybody my age or younger, and I would never date anybody his age or older. <laughs> I that's guess a, that's, that's a good, a good deal to have. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, all right. You can watch that fall apart quickly, though. Uh, let me go next to Megan. Has a story about us. Hey, Megan, good morning. Hey, hey, you guys rock. Thank hey. you. What's going on, Megan? Um, I just remember one time I brought my son into the studio um, for his birthday, and you guys are all there. And as I was leaving, you guys were like, wait, that's your son? And I was like, yeah, and you couldn't believe that. And you're like, oh, my God, you're a total melt. <laughs> that's probably true. So yeah. he said that in front of your son. Yeah, you said that in front of my son. How old is he? He's now 17, but at the time he was just turning 16. And did he, did you guys talk about that or did he say um, anything to you? He's, he's kind of used to it. A lot of his sons seem to find me attractive. They follow me on Twitter. Megan, reacquaint us. Reacquaint us with what you look like. Send us a picture so we can remember, okay? Okay, I'll tweet it to you. Yes, thank you. And come on back in anytime. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Bring your son. What about that thing, though? What Megan just said, uh, her son's friends follow her on Twitter. (gasps) Yeah, Megan. On Facebook. Yeah, that's that's what are you putting on Twitter? Naked shots? Beaver shots? <laughs> uh, definitely not. I'm a little too shy for that. I do post a lot of selfies. but You put a lot of selfies. Okay. And, yeah. and, but his friends follow you. I mean, this is You got... know his friends are probably saying, oh, your hot mom put a selfie up again. Yeah. This is right out of my friend's hot mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. A lot of comments. Mm-hmm. My friend's hot mom. Wait, to, like on your Twitter, he'll tweet back to you? No, he'll actually say stuff to my son. Um, but one time I needed to borrow my son's hoodie because we were at hockey practice. And he was like, I'll give your mom my hoodie. <laughs> Are you single? 
Uh, yeah, I actually am. Oh well, you are. You are. You walked right out of every fantasy. '80s, um, know. Uh, you know, and, sex comedy. I mean, that's that's yeah. that is the ultimate scenario. Uh, and and I'm surprised your your son hasn't prematurely aged and started developing gray hairs. Yeah. And your son, your son is 17. How old are you, Megan? I'm. I'll be 38. Ooh. Do you want to come to the mixer? Yeah. <laughs> um, I was actually thinking about. It. I used to go to the mixers all the time. Well, hang on, okay. and we'll get your information. We okay. Go. All right, great, thanks. Yeah, did you hear that? We watch got a milf that's coming. All right. <laughs> watch the phones light up the next time we say this. For guys. Uh, let me go to John. Hi, John. Good morning, sir. Hey, morning, guys. You guys rock. Hi. Thank you, man. What's going on? Um, my mom's 49 now, and uh, is a very attractive lady. My uh, buddy actually went on her Facebook, saved pictures from it, and started posting them on social media talking about how my mom's a milf. And sharing with the rest of my friends on all the wonderful things he would like to do to her. Whoa! Whoa. That's a little inappropriate. Yeah, so, wh- what did yeah. you do in response, John? I just kind of laughed it off. I mean, it's it's funny. I mean, she's attractive lady, she's a hairdresser, so I mean. I think it's kind of funny. But yeah, it was uh, <laughs> a little awkward having uh, well, everyone I, know. I think out of respect to you, did it get graphic? Yeah. God. <laughs> See, now that's disrespectful to you and to her. Yeah, I got him back there, so I was like, Okay. What, did you bang his mom? <laughs> dad. His dad nailed his dad. You know, Lou? Yeah. He's got a story to tell you. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say no. All uh, right, thanks, John. Uh, hang on. Uh, let me go to Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up? All right. I thought you guys would get a kick out of this. Um, I called a while ago about the bad divorces. Yes. The guy who cut the blazer in half. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great story. <laughs> well, I still have a twisted father, so I have a better story for this one. Um. I always had a hot mom. Middle school, I was the ugly duckling, finally coming out of it, finally gaining looks, gaining friends, had friends over for a party. Um, I remember the comment one kid threw out was, man, your mom's hot. Yeah. You know, you look nothing like her. Oh. <laughs> what what, would, what uh, a silver-tongued devil. Yeah, and then they would they would all give her hugs, and they were all chest-plated hugs, and she's a tiny waist, big-chested woman. Her mom just cut her off. We had tiny waist, big chested woman, and then then it all went to hell. I want to live. I don't. Are you going to go to line six? Yeah, I don't buy this. Okay, all right. Let me go to Jim. Hey, Jim, how you doing? Yeah, I don't buy it either. Had sex with girlfriend, sister, and their mom at the same time. Oh, my God. I can't believe you're doing that. Well, if you're going to do it, do it right like this. I'm sorry. That's not a conquest. That's just disgusting. In in some cultures, yes. Stop it. In some cultures, it's wrong. I think it's the... I think it's the Super Bowl championship right But there. my grades are bad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, three friends who are not related, but uh, sisters and mother. No, that's... You, mother? You, you dig that, huh? No, it's just... Uh, you, <laughs> I don't find it disgusting. I mean, I you know, is, think, is, if they're in the same room... Exactly. You know. Exactly. Why not? Ah, oh, the cable's out. Wow, 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 wow. No, all those scenarios in real life, I would imagine, would be a different story. You would be, yeah, you'd, you'd have you, a heart attack. They you'd, would freak you out. I and, would run out crying. Yes, it can't be good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, let me go next to uh, Ashley. Hey, Ashley, good morning. Hey, got you back. All right, cool. <laughs> hey, what up? happened? Did you right. blow up? 
So the end of the story was that we're having a pool party. She's parading around her itty bitty bikini, and my dad's about fed up with this. So the following day, he borrows a backhoe and plows in our in-ground pool. So your oh, your, your father, dad is this is the dude that cut the blazer in half, and then he fills in the in-ground pool. Why didn't you tell us this story the same way as the blazer? That's insane. Because we, we would be on the phone all day if I told you. All right, that. Ashley. Oh. So was oh. it was it the fact that your mom was so uh, hot and flirtatious, a constant agitator? I mean, did he become deranged because of that? No, he was already a little throat off. Okay, a little a little off. But yeah, it, he 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 was never quite right. But uh, basically, uh, you don't you don't tell him no, and uh, if you if you, do, if you do him wrong, he'll he'll one up you. Jesus, is are, do you still have a relationship with your dad? Unfortunately, he he passed about two years ago, so he can no longer cause any more havoc. Wow, I want us to meet him. Yeah, do you ever go to jail? Uh, not since I not since he had me. He mellowed out a lot. Since so yes, he's gone to jail. Yeah, did yeah. he ever go to jail though? I mean. At some point. Yeah, I mean, for as a Yeah, you know. Of yeah. Like yeah. all do. jail. Of course. <laughs> cut a car in half, blew up an orphanage. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he uh, took our shit. He wanted a bigger driveway anyway. Yeah, so, so you just can extended the pool. <laughs> he wanted a bigger <laughs> driveway anyway. Where'd you grow up, Ashley? Trevis. Okay, uh, okay. I cross that off. Bucksco. <laughs> I was fishing for Upper Darby, but no, 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 you got <laughs> Yeah. Pools well, in Upper Darby. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? There's no pools in Upper Darby. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. Thank, I feel, thank you, Ashley. I feel bad for the people who buy that house. <laughs> All right. Thanks, <laughs> Ashley. And the ghost thank of the you. dad is wow. there. <laughs> wow. That's. Case of his grave. I'm going to get some heat. <laughs> yeah, you are. But uh, no, we're having fun. It was a joke. And it's your turf. It's not like it made fun of Puerto Ricans. Like yeah, that's happening. <laughs> That's her thing. She's today. the show racist. <laughs> yeah. But she's not. I always say that. It's no. a joke. Kathy, just, she did not look. You would look at a picture of her as a kid and look at her now and go, that's not the same person. I look like some ugly black person. <laughs> Stop it. No, what she meant is, is uh, again, just to reiterate, is that yeah, the younger picture different. of you, you look literally like an entirely different ethnicity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me go to uh, Lori. Hey, Lori, good morning. Hey, sorry to bother you at work. Sorry, okay. what's up, Lori? Um, well, when I was a teenager, um, I didn't really have a problem with a sister. I had four older brothers, and um, but I was youngest, so I was the fat girl. Okay. Tom. So anytime I uh, got a boyfriend, my mom kind of thought she, uh, after the you know divorce and everything, thought she was the hottest thing on earth, and started wearing all these slutty clothes and started mm-hmm. hit. Boyfriend, big time. So she would hit on your boyfriend. So was she in fact attractive, Lori? Uh, she kind of looked like Sigourney Weaver back in the day. That's um, good. Not so much anymore. Mm. <laughs> so she looks like boy- Alien now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <kinda>. <laughs> well, well. So she that that's just that's just pitiful. That's just wrong. She would she I would she would try to seduce your boyfriends. Yeah, and they would all come back to me like, "Dude, you wouldn't believe what your mom said to me." And I'd be like, "What did she say?" And so, so Lori, what would she say without being radio friendly? What would she What would she say to them? She would ask them how serious we were and what we were up to, and if they ever needed, here's her number. Oh. What? Wait, if they ever needed what? What? If they, they ever needed, needed what? what? He ever needed to talk or call her. Uh, you know, uh, that's wrong. Okay. So she yeah. And then, of... um, 
I, you know, lost a ton of weight. I got implants. I basically, you know, got really good looking. And then it got way worse in my 20s. Like, she would bring them around or prance around in front of them when I bring them over. And she'd be like, ooh, you're really good looking right in front of me. Hmm. No way. That's pathetic. So she was prancing? Yeah, like in skimpy little outfits and stuff. And it's like, yeah. And they'd be like, dude, your mom's kind of... Masculine. Lori, I'm, Masculine? I'm, I'm incensed by this. What's your mother's number? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think any of them ever uh, took advantage? Um, I don't think so. I yeah. mean, like, I hope not. That'd be kind of gross. Well, if they, I don't want to know. If they did, they weren't the guys for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely not. Okay. Wow, man. All right. Thanks, Lori. Appreciate it. Did you have a uh, in the growing up? Did, was there was there a was there a loose mom? A loose hot mom? A loose a, 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 a mom? Miss, a Mrs. Robinson? Uh, not that I knew of. Uh, no. Oh, we had it. We had a loose mom, but not. Uh, no, she wasn't a hot mom. Oh, that, one that of is... our fr- yeah, our friend's mom was she. Yeah, she sleep with anybody in the town but she was not hot i gotta warn you it's gonna smell like cheese that was a, no, that was a little bit steve that was a little bit how it was really yeah like oh. the cigarettes the oh raspy voice God. yeah it's gonna yep. smell like processed cheese mm-hmm. but you get used to it after a while before you know it, you won't yeah. smell anything you mean you'll look forward to it yeah <laughs> That's a little bit how it was no i i, I but they, why is it the, they always think, you know, the, the audacity to mac on your daughter's boyfriends. Yeah, boyfriends. That's, that's just wrong on many, many levels. Uh, let me see. There's a lot of stories coming in. Let me go to Rick. Hi, Rick. You're on the air. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Sorry to bother you at work. It's all right. Okay. What's up, man? <laughs> right. So um, this happened back when I was very, very young. Uh, there's this girl in our neighborhood who um, everybody tried to get with her. She was like the classic dime. Okay. And nobody could have her. And everybody tried. And I felt like I was probably the closest to actually having a shot. And one day, she invited me over to her house. And I got to meet her mom. And her mom looked exactly like her, except, you know, in her late 30s. Okay. So I thought this is, you know, know, pretty cool. And because I was getting to meet the the folks. Right, right, right. And her were split off. So she had her apartment on the other side of town. Yeah, great. We Rick, what happened? The um, Well, we're all hanging out and everything, and the daughter leaves. And in a weird turn of events, I ended up having a short tryst with the mom. So you ended up getting into a relationship with the mom who just looked like a slightly older version of the girl you were going after. Yes. She was, um, she, they were Spanish. And, uh, just like Kathy. Mom. I'm sorry. Just like Kathy. So what, what did the mom make? <laughs> did mom make the first move? Oh, absolutely. And what did she do? Um, well, she she talked me into trying to give her a massage, which I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I didn't even, at first I didn't even think it was anything. And then that's Bill the Weston's massage move. ended up, you know, turning into other things. We had this, and we had this short, but really bizarre twist. Okay. And so, there became this code where she would say, you know, come over come over for a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Quote, unquote, coffee was the code for come over. That means yeah. sex. Yeah. But, and uh, then show up yeah. and we'd have coffee. <laughs> no, we, 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 got, we got the uh, the subtle message here, Rick. So <laughs> does she... Does she but then does her she, and her husband started, like, trying to work it out, and that was the end of it. Ah, 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 then oh, he was man. getting coffee. It was, it no was more like, coffee. It was, it was like the, you know, I never thought it would happen to me. 
And I don't really talk about it because um, it takes too it long. My mother, because I, I was actually just shy of eighteen when it happened, so it was like we didn't talk about it. All yeah. right, Rick. Well, good for you, man. You you Thank you, you, you lived a fantasy, uh, what a, a penthouse form fantasy. Totally. Uh, hang on, uh, Dennis has a uh, a claim to make. Hey, All Dennis. Right. Hey guys, you guys rock. Thank hey! you, Dennis. What did you, you want to tell us? Hey, first I want to tell Casey that. I'm an Upper Darby native. I now live in Westchester, but we did have a pool. He had a pool. Oh, he had a pool. All right. We had a pool. All right. All right. Was it? It was Above a, ground? No, it, it, it was actually Darby Creek. Nice, Dennis. Darby Creek was your Yeah. If Casey's familiar, there was a big slide behind a, an apartment complex off Marshall Road. It was filled with algae. You used to slide down the algae. <laughs> nice. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. Great. <laughs> you remember One River Road? There was a, there was a house that with, a, yeah. with, with yes. a, a built-in pool slide into the river. slimy river. Yeah. Yeah, the Schuylkill River. Uh, That's funny. Yeah, you just have to take care not to hit all the debris that's floating in the <laughs> Yes, it's true. The, the no car parts yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Not signs right. and car tires. So all right. Anyway, uh, growing up, uh, we had a, a girl that was uh, kind of, you know, our friend, and we would uh, frequently hang out at uh-huh. her home. And her mother. Have coffee. Yeah. Uh-huh. And have coffee. Right. <laughs> was very attractive. And, uh,. <laughs> So we had a, a, a buddy who was, uh, I guess, more promiscuous than the rest of us. And uh, he, he started talking about, hey, he thought he was being hit on by her mother. So, you know, kind of things went on, and uh, this, would, this would happen frequently. So he ended up with the daughter and the mother. All right. Do you, have it, do you, ha- do you believe that's a verifiable story? Did he have them both together at was, once? That was verifiable. Wait a minute, Dennis, at the same time? At the same time, it's it's not completely unheard of. No, it, 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 there are people, believe it or not, that are that are very relaxed in that uh, particular scenario. They're called porn stars. Uh, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> there are some mother daughter teams, believe yeah, it or not, that, that just go out and and want to want to score a yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah. Wow, yeah. interesting. So it, it was it was absolutely true, but dude, well that's. Uh, not only in Upper Darby, I guess. Right. All right. Thank you very much, Dennis. Then you go swimming. Uh, go skinny dipping in the <laughs> in the creek. Wow. What if there? Oh God! There are so I many. I, I can't. These go are to good these balls. These yeah, are, these are good. You know, guys are pulling over. You. Uh, I know. I know. These are all fantasy stories. Uh, should I go to John here real quick? Because yeah, I don't quite understand this. Uh, just watch your. I, I will. I'll, I'll instruct him. Hey, John, are you there? Yeah, Preston, I am. How you doing? John, we will use the term BJ for this story, okay? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay, go ahead. Uh, well, I'm retired now, but I was a police officer, and uh, at the time, um, two friends' mother, I pulled over and uh, for DUI, and uh, in the course of the processing, she offered a... BJ, if I wanted one. All right. So was this to get out of the ticket, <laughs> or just felt like doing that? Yeah. <laughs> or I, I, I really don't know. Um, Did you take her up but, on it? What's that? Did you take her up on it? No. Oh. I mean, because no, that, no, no, I think that might be a career ender there, Kathy. But, that happens but John, lot. did you say? You're Dave's mom, you know. <laughs> or, or no, it was so. It was so. I felt so bad for those two guys. Um, and obviously, they 
quite frankly, they were happy that she was arrested for DUI because it was a big problem in the family. Oh, um, okay. However, that however, the BJ's, that the random stranger BJ's. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was never discussed. I, that was just sorry. I never ever would tell them that I, or say anything about that. She was so loaded, but the. Uh, the bottom. It was just a whole sad situation. Hey, oh, hey John, man. could could a, could one of those uh, breathalyzers detect a a reason beat? <laughs> <laughs> hey, was she good looking? Uh, no. Oh, yeah. what well, did you go? No, I you did the right it. thing. That you did the yeah. right thing. <laughs> No, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know. I mean, years ago, yeah. I, I don't know, but it was so the alcohol and stuff. It was no, you, you seldom want to say that. Yeah, but years ago. So how was this? Oh, thirty years ago, she was amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just doesn't cut the mustard. No. All right. No. Well, you, you did the right thing then. All right. Thanks. We actually have a clip of that uh, when he pulled her over. I made an extra sloppy million. <laughs> 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 I know how you kids like them sloppy. <laughs> wow. Ew, ew. Sounds, it, now it sounds kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> now that you put it that way. Wow. Okay. Well, anyhow. Oh, we, well, which one? Number five. We'll go to one more call. All yeah. right. And then we, we got to take a break. I'll go Jake. to. Uh, hi, Jake. You're on the air, sir. Hi. Sorry about you guys at work. It's okay. It's all right. I think I'm going to regret this. Hey, uh, so when I was in high school, we had this one girl. <laughs> she looked the greatest at all. But her mom actually won a cougar contest, a national cougar contest. A national cougar contest. Yeah. Mm. And so we, well, all you guys, w- was she was she um, loose a little bit? Was she flirtatious? No, not really. But she would wear like very flirtatious clothes. Like she wore the stilettos, the wear skirts, the, you know, the lower V-necks, like all that stuff. All right. When you well, okay. All right. I was hoping for more, but that's that's still that's uh, that's that's. <laughs> no, I saw on, on Facebook not too long ago a girl that uh, I'm friends with. I guess I went to high school. There's one of those people that are like, yeah, I kind of vaguely remember that name. Uh, but she uh, she posted just won a. Like a MILF thing. It wasn't like a contest she entered, just pictures of that she had posted, just standard, nothing dirty or anything like that. And they like just called them off the site? Yeah. yeah, and she's like, not sure how to feel about that. And I'd feel pretty good about that. I would. I'd love to so. be a MILF. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That'd be great. I wish I was a MILF. <laughs> Experience right. the joy of childbirth. Anyhow, this uh, this Cosmo article, uh, the, the, the author really resents the fact that her mom is attractive and still tries to be... And atta- attractive, flirt. She, she works on her looks to be attractive to the to men, you know. And, and she kind of resents it, which and, is, and she she doesn't even know why she resents no, it. She just does, yeah. You know. So anyhow, uh, there's there's hot moms out there. Come back in a moment. Stay with us. Ninety three three WMMR presents Jackson's local shots artist of the month, the Good Mess. Celebrating our area's best talent. Bringing it to you on air, online, and in the community. Hear and see more at WMMR.com keyword local shots. The Good Mess. Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks our world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. We're uh, excited to have our next guest in the studio. Uh, you've known him from uh, television and movies uh, throughout the years. Yes. Uh, yes. ER, Dr. Gregory Pratt. Yes. Eight Mile Future. <laughs> and if you're familiar with the Divergent series, which the second movie is coming out, by the way, friends, it'll be in theaters uh, next Friday. He plays Max. Please oh, welcome Mackay Pfeiffer. Yeah. Hey, what's happening? What's happening? Hey, 
President Steve. How you doing, man? Very happy to be here, my well, friend. Welcome to Philadelphia. I'm happy to be here. You know, I, one of my biggest pleasures so far since I've been here has not just been the water ice, but uh, <laughs> the, uh, Which is amazing. You know, the telling of that traffic report. I mean, I'm the hell of a traffic report. I, I had no idea what you were talking about. Uh, luckily, I have a driver, so I won't have to endure what you just said. But uh, hell of a job, sweetheart. Hey, where, where are you from, Makai? I'm you... from New York. Or you are from, I'm New, from York. New York. Right, yeah. So you're quite familiar with traffic, then. I am very familiar with it. And now I live in Los Angeles, so I'm even more in tune. Oh, it, it's it's uh, two different things. It's New York traffic is is condensed, and mm-hmm. and L.A. traffic is sprawling, hellish nightmare. Absolutely, pain. absolutely. Well, the way I compare it is, uh, New York traffic. When there's traffic in New York, there's a reason for it. <laughs> it's uh, true. In L.A., they're stupid. <laughs> so uh, you know, it's as simple as that. I, I, I don't know how else to explain it. And, it and don't be, let it start raining. Forget it. It, it yeah. just kills it. But you're right, and it just it's just the thing to do. We need. This is the time when we need to be in a traffic jam, and Absolutely. it just happened. Absolutely. Frustrating, yeah. so. <laughs> all right, you're from New York. You live in L.A. Why are you a Cowboys fan? What's that uh, all about, Well, you man? know, <laughs> you know, people keep running with that. Uh, you know, listen, I like the Cowboys. I, I was a, a, a big uh, John Madden uh, Nintendo 64 player. Oh, okay. With my friends back in the days, and everybody had their team, and uh, I chose the Cowboys back in the 90s when, you know, Emmett Smith was playing, yeah. Troy Aikman, and Michael Irving, and so I kind of just stuck with them and I and I rode with them. And I was the same boy. I I played Tecmo Super Bowl the other game. Uh-huh. And if you if you had Emmett, you mm-hmm. you won. You every won. Time. Yeah, it was. I mean, Emmett was you know yep. the man. Yep. And so you know, so I've kind of then I took a little hiatus from really like following football. And uh, once I saw that my Giants and you know and Jets weren't going to be any kind of contenders, uh, I just kind of rode with the with I, the Cowboys. You know, something I I wasn't aware of until just recently because you know we're I'm an Eagles fan. We're mm-hmm. in the NFC East. I just always assumed that the Giants were the big thing, but in New York. It's it's Jets more than Giants. I had no idea. Yeah, I guess so. You know, I'm you know being a New Yorker. I mean, listen, I nobody nobody from any of those teams is cutting me a check, so I don't <laughs> I don't care that much. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm from uh, New York as well, so I, I right. know and you're exactly right. That, that's always been yeah, my point I mean, of contention. You know, I don't lose any sleep. You know, right. I remember when the, the NBA lockout happened. I was like, I don't care. Um, <laughs> but but the thing, what does that have to do with me? Um, it's all about me. Yeah. No, uh, but you know, I'm a New Yorker. You know, so I just I just want to see New York do well. Well, you know? and in New York, I've said this many times. If you're if you're a Yankees fan, you're a mm-hmm. Giants fan. If you're a Mets fan, you're a Jets fan, right? And and uh, and it's all it's all very incestuous. It's all the, the the rivalry between those teams constitutes everything. When it got down here, it was a lot more of a pure experience because right. you got what you got, right? And so you right. better just go right. with it. There's not a lot of bandwagon jumping. Absolutely. You know? Well, what I love about Philly too is the fans. I mean, the diehard fans. I gotta I gotta always respect that. Yeah, you know, yeah. you you guys definitely uh, ride and die with your team. Did you play ball in school? I did. I played basketball. I played all sports. Yeah. Really, you know, uh, down to soccer. You know, you know. Who well, well, thought, that you know, that's crazy. I know, right? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I went to sleepaway camp, oh, and so that was one of the sports. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for my mom to get me out of the urban jungle, I went to the uh, to the woods. <laughs> your mom was, uh, your well, mom if, was a if, teacher, right? My mom was, yeah. was is, yeah, she's a retired school teacher. So, yeah. um, and she taught in the inner city, and uh, you know, just wanted me to have sort of a diverse. Upbringing. Yeah. So if you were if you were playing you know sports in, in high school and whatnot, did uh, was acting something that spoke to you back then, way back then as well? Well, 
inadvertently. I mean, you know, I was always, uh, my mother was not only a school teacher, but she was also a dancer and choreographer. So huh? she, for her school, she did all of the choreography for the different school plays and things like that. So she always kind of supported the arts and always mm-hmm. had me in extracurricular activities. So after school, I went to after school programs. Okay. And in those after school programs, they would have talent shows and, you know, you know, little plays for the neighborhood and things like that. So I kind of just was involved in that and uh, uh, sort of inadvertently became, uh, you know, involved in the arts in that nice. way. That's but awesome. As a New Yorker living in L.A., do you end up hanging out with people from California or is it all New Yorkers? Um, you know, tell you the truth, I mean, it took me about two years to transition. Uh, from, it's a tough from, It's a tough transition because there's nothing like New York, you know, and that East Coast energy. Yeah. Um, and it, L.A. is very spread out, mm-hmm. so you have to get in your car to go somewhere to be social, whereas New York, you can just walk out of your apartment and you're... You, you know, you in, you have to be social. Sure, I, yeah. I lived in L.A. just for a little while, and you inevitably hang, end up hanging out with people from the East Coast. Right. There are Eagles bars. There are Giants bars. Absolutely. You know, and, Absolutely. And it's really interesting to me to see that because there's not a lot of intermingling between East Coast people and, pe- and natives of California. That's true. I mean, you know, you got two different sort of uh, ways of life and two different perspectives on life, you know, uh, coming from the different coasts. Um, but, you know, it, it's t- it took me a little while, but, you know, I found I found my people. But we're going to you know. <laughs> transition to another uh, city, which is Chicago, which features prominently in, the, uh, in Divergent uh-huh. in, this, in this series. A dystopian Chicago. Absolutely. Uh, and this is the second film in the, in the series, Insurgent. Mm-hmm. And now in the first one, you, you play Max. Yes. And Max doesn't... Max is there, but mm-hmm. you don't get a lot of screen time. Right. Uh, are you going to be a more prominent well, yeah, aspect I mean, of Insurgent? Well, with, with, with Divergent, you know, uh, which is great, and what's so funny about doing this for me, um, you know, they they compensate me very well for, you know, for not so much work. <laughs> this is like That's the nothing American dream. That. Nothing uh, wrong with that. Uh, I'm yeah. having a great time. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but, uh, in Divergent, you know, <laughs> I play Max, who's, you know, the leader of the Dauntless faction, and uh, he's more of a tag Master. So, you know, you see me do like monologues and, and sort of, you know, little speeches. No, um, you, you command. Not, you, no, you, not so much dialogue with other actors. You, you come uh, on the screen and you command. You're, yeah. you're, you're clearly running the deal, right, you know, right, to, to right. some extent. And, and it was setting up the world of what, you know, these five factions are about and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, explain it, it a little bit for people who aren't familiar. Because it, it, it yeah. is for, for what started as sort of young adult fiction. Right. It's a pretty complex story. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it basically takes place in a possible future, a couple hundred years in the future, uh, where um, there's been, you know, civil unrest and, you know, the world's basically, you know, going to crap. And um, Sort of a, a mysterious war has taken place that we're not quite absolutely sure Absolutely, not happened. quite sure how it happens, but, uh, so in order to sort of bring back society and make it thrive again, they sort of split society up into these five different factions. Right. And by the time you're 16 years old, you have to choose one of those factions and be totally a part of that faction. And each if faction... Not, you sort- become faction Right. So like homeless almost. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, like homeless. You have no home. Right. And each, right. each of the factions serves a purpose to the overall society. society but, exactly. But the, the thing they frown upon is, is being divergent. Right. And sort of having a, a multi multitude approach to lifestyle, like, you know, like most of us do today. You know, I, like for me, if I was going to be a part of any, I would be divergent as well. Right. You right. Because I think I have qualities of all the different factions. 
Well, Shailene Woody, uh, uh, Woodley, I should mm-hmm. say, plays uh, plays the the lead, Tris. Right, and and so she is divergent. She's mm-hmm. she's got to uh, escape. And, uh, Kate Winslet's the mm-hmm. the the evil Janine, right? <laughs> and, and so, but all of this this very precarious society starts to cave in at the end of Divergent. Absolutely, they run off. Her uh-huh. and her uh, man meet there. Uh-huh. Super good looking right. dude. Right, uh, and and now <laughs> they're got Theo. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're the insurgent. How, where do you? Because you guys are the 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 the. Dauntless. The Dauntless, and we're sort of like the Marines, the protectors of society. The, the weapons the, guys. Yeah, yeah, we're the weapons and known for bravery and courage right. and uh, sort of the enforcers. And uh, so Insurgent picks up about three days after so right Divergent, after. right after. Okay. And the beautiful thing about Insurgent is that there's a lot more action, there's a lot more uh, intrigue because we've already set up the world in Divergent. You know, so the world is set up. Everybody knows that world, and now it's off to the races. I have to ask you, because with anything like this, and there's a lot of dystopian you know, uh, movie series doing well these mm-hmm. days, but the, the, the people who read the books are fanatical. So, Very. And my impression I got from the first movie, from Divergent, is that they were like, and I didn't read the books, mm-hmm. that they're going to do as slavish a recreation of the books as possible, because they really... I mean that that's a, that was a two hour plus movie, mm-hmm. and so they're they're looking. It seems like they're trying to include as much as they can. Did yeah. you get immediate fan reaction when you? Because uh, you know the fans are just yeah. Crazy. I mean, you're talking about a movie that sold over thirty million copies worldwide <laughs> yeah, so yeah. far. I mean, that's yeah. a, that's a lot of books. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. You know, the, you know, the, the fans are very much um, in tune. The beautiful thing about being able to do an adaptation is that there's a certain artistic license right. that they've taken um, with uh, these this series, and so. Even though it follows the the skeleton of the book, there are differences um, that you'll see in the film. All right, so that even people who read the books are going to be surprised at some stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so where where was this film? Because I mean, it looks like Chicago. Mm-hmm. You can never tell these days. And the then, first one was in Chicago, and then part two we did in Atlanta. Okay. And these, the sets look really big. They're they are big. Yeah. They're, they're huge and all kind of green screen and you know it's it's it, the, the production value is is off the off the charts. Wow. Um, so this is uh, are there three altogether in the in the series uh, movies or is it two? What's yeah, there, um, okay. there, there are three books in the series. Right. Uh, uh, I think they're going to split up part three. Okay, so there's going to be a part one and part two. Right. To the uh, third installment. Now, you, you've been in some 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 big films, and this mm. is a, this is a huge franchise. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's com- contrast that to? Because you've done some independent mm-hmm. film work absolutely. as well. What, you know, besides obviously, we assume the catering's better. What else is? You the, better uh, believe it. This is night and day. I tell you that from doing a little independent. Um, you know, it's like a you know catering had its own world. You yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. like a you could stay in catering for thirty minutes, <laughs> um, just you know alone and forget lunch. You yeah, know, that's yeah. a whole another thing. Um, but you know, the thing is that. I mean, you know, the, the, the difference is, I mean, you. I love doing the big films, but I also do love doing the independence. The independence, I think, um, gives you more uh, meat in the game. And what I mean by that is, you know, you're, you know, a lot of times when you're doing independence, you shoot six days a week. Yeah. So you kind of stay in this in the character and you and you're working with the actors. When it gets bigger, it becomes more impersonal. But does it, here's what I get from it. Like you, you, you work with Spike Lee mm-hmm. on uh, clockers and, right. and, and so you've, and you've had the independent stuff and you're able to apply your craft, but it seems like something that's this big where you have these, these, this, huge ensemble mm-hmm. that you can actually relax and have some more fun. Absolutely. I mean, you can. Absolutely. I mean, you definitely have more time off. And, and a lot of times you don't get to interact with a lot of different people. Yeah. Like, I didn't really, I didn't have any scenes with, like, Naomi Watts. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, when she's flying in, I'm flying out. You know, and vice versa and things like that. Do you get to work with uh, Maggie Q? 
Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, not good. not in the second one because um, she's. But I love Maggie. Yeah. You know, we uh, did our whole press tour together last on for Divergent. Oh, uh, cool. If you're just tuning in, it's Mackay Pfeiffer who we're talking to. Insurgents going to be in theaters uh, next Friday, March 20th. Now, on a smaller scale, going back to uh, uh, to Eight Mile. Mm-hmm. I mean. I bet you guys were all hanging out. At oh, that we one. hung out like crazy. Yeah. yeah, we that was in my twenties and single. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we were in Detroit for about five or six months, and uh, we had a good time. I can imagine. We had a great time. And you got Eminem, who was hot as hell uh, at the time. He was crazy, and it was the just... biggest rapper in the world. Yeah. And, um, I got. I got to confess, I I never saw the movie. I mm-hmm. saw it last year. Oh, really? That's a great freaking it's movie, a man. Good movie, man. I don't know why I never got around to it's seeing it, but movie. I was really it's surprised at how much I liked it. So you know, it's funny being in Philly because a lot of times what people would sort of uh, compare it to, even though they're totally different genres, is kind of like Rocky, mm-hmm. like yeah. The, yeah. like the first yeah. Rocky, where you because you didn't really see his skills until sort of the end to this big crescendo at the end. Yeah. And um, but there's this great story in the middle, like in the beginning, in the middle of it, that brings you to this. You know this this peak. Yeah. You know, and uh, we had a lot of fun doing that, man. Yeah, I'll bet. Man. Yeah, a lot what, of fun. What was it like? Um, I mean, because here you have this guy who is, you're an actor at this mm-hmm. point. You you know you've done some films, and here's a guy who's not. Right. Yeah. Comes in and he's the star. Right. Right. And do you approach it with a uh, a cautious eye or? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, when when I was first offered it, um, I, I thought it was a joke. I, you know, I was I was due to start ER, and um, so they were probably thinking it's Slim Shady the movie, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Didn't, I, didn't, I was like, this is going to be corny. You know, right. I, you know, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be in anything corny. But then I read the script. Then I flew to Detroit and then hung out with M. And then we got to sort of go over some scenes and just and just kick it. You know, yeah, yeah. and um, and then I loved the director. Um, and so ER let me do the movie and said, okay, we'll come, you know, in a few months once you finish this and then, you know, we'll just go from there. And well, it was a blessing, being, man. Did you get paid for being a lyric in, in this song? <laughs> I did not. I'm still waiting for my residual. <laughs> <laughs> Where is that? Uh, hang on a second. Put a call in there and right now. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm still waiting for my money. Um, That's cool, though. You know, get, I'm about to fly to Detroit movie? right after this. Yeah, uh, in the movie and in the song. And where, when does yeah. that happen? It was great. Um, you know, and Eminem wrote that song while we were still in the middle of shooting. Wow. And so, uh, you know, he, he was doing a lot. He was doing his album. He was doing the soundtrack and starring in the movie. Uh, so he had a lot on his plate and, you know, definitely a, a workaholic. You were on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Was that the first yeah, season? Yeah, yeah. Um, No, I think it was like the Ah, oh, the fourth or okay. fifth season. And and um, is there any script on that show, or is it no all script? Improv? Okay, so it's Larry comes in with an idea and and says to you, "This is sort of where we're going," and that's yeah. how it works. It's basically like a couple of sentences, like uh, you know, I played this Muslim uh, private investigator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that it was that Larry David, so who's Jewish, uh, yeah. you know, hires. <laughs> To uh, find out if he's been adopted or not. Right. And um, so basically it's like a sheet that has like two sentences. Okay, you're a a private, a Muslim private investigator (laughs) and... Um, I'm, I want to solicit your services uh, to find if I'm adopted or not. Right. And then that's it. And then you just sort of have to just make it all up. I had love you, had you done something that free before? Never. Okay. Um, that and, was, you, and you're with a guy who's yeah, that's oh, he's, what he, and he's great. He's, I mean, yeah, a he, virtuoso. Yeah. It was it was a lot of fun. I never had I never acted in that way before. Did and, it make you uh, nervous at all? Um, you know, it's funny. You know, I I think when you think about it more than just doing it. You know, when you're in it, you're just in it, you know, um, 
you know, so it wasn't so much being nervous, you know, but you, you know, you, this is what you do. But you're working with somebody like Larry, who's neurotic, and then mm. you were also in with uh, Richard Lewis, who was also right, insane. Right. Who's this? And but <laughs> but obviously a, a comedic legend. So right, you're working with these heavyweights, but they're, they're nuts. So yeah. I don't know. It must. I mean, that's been fun at the very least. It was. It was. I mean, these guys are consummate professionals. I mean, obviously, you know, you see their stand up, you see the stuff that they portray to the uh, to the world, but. Um, you know they—they're definitely—they're uh, about their craft. Yeah, you know they really are. It's and, such an acquired taste that show. You know, it is. when I first watched it, I didn't get you it. Didn't get it. Like, what is this? Nonsense? And my brother was like, "Give it, watch it a few times, <laughs> right? And, and right, then you'll be right. into it." And on repeats, it, it's built up a yeah, a, a, an audience. Yeah. You know, because the, the people, show. yeah, it took uh, you took the first swipe, didn't get it on the uh, on, on the first go around. I have to ask you, Preston. We were talking about this earlier. Uh, you were in the the uh, Brian song remake. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. The, uh, yes. Playing Gail Sayers. Gail Sayers, yeah. Right. That's, that's pretty. So was that, was yeah. a, that was Billy D's. I know. Yeah, I think yeah, first yeah, big yeah. role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. That was a great experience, you know. Um, you know, and to do something that is not only from being, you know, the the, the guy himself, sort of like you know, biography, but then have someone else like a Billy D yeah. already portray the character, and sort of finding your own nuances to to make it yours and make it authentic did you have to think about accepting it because it's such and i first off the story no. is, is oh you, 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 you I, I, I didn't have to think about yeah, it the yeah. script was great uh the people that i was going to be working with were, were great um and it's an iconic story and i felt like it was time to you know bring that back yeah that's can, a great story can i ask you about uh outside of films and everything mm. you still play poker Always, yeah, you're good, right? I mean, I'm you pretty won, good. You won the 2004 Celebrity. I did win that Open. I think it was. I did win that. I mean, Among I, other things, but yes, yeah, so that was one of them. Wow. You, all right, so I'm I'm currently I'm getting my ass kicked lately, and really? I'm thinking about maybe you're in a slump. I'm in a slump. I don't know if I'm in a slump or or just because it, it's it's gotten so popular. Right. Just Casey's good. Pe- He's people good. are getting better. You know. I believe it. Um, you know, I just, you know, I, and so I don't know if you prefer cash games or tournament games where everybody starts out with the same amount of chips. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, it depends. I mean, you know, cash games are, are fun. I like cash games when I play with like friends and, you know, where it, it can be jovial and we can right. have a good time. Yeah. Um, but I do like tournaments as well because it gets, you know, gets people out of there. What's your, what's your at the table What's your thing? What's your way of throwing your competitors off? Do you have and do you have a tell? Do you think you have a tell? I don't think I have a tell, but you know, nobody ever does think that they have a tell. <laughs> no, you know? no. All I know is that you know, if you look around the table and you can't spot the sucker, then it's probably you. <laughs> um, so, oh, it's, yeah. God, listen, the last time I went seemed so good. good that means you're the sucker. Yeah. The last time I went to play, uh-huh. uh, I I really do hate. Like the first hand you're dealt, I mm-hmm. hate getting a really good hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. So I sit down and I get pocket queens and I'm like, okay. So oh, I boy. raise. Um, what was the flop? Oh, it was it was a rainbow flop. But uh-huh. the problem was the guy that beat me, he took, I, I mean, I went all in by the end of the hand. <sighs> pocket sucks. aces. Pocket. I uh. was like, <laughs> and so he didn't, he didn't pair up on the board mm-hmm. at all. But it was one of those deals where. I still had high pair the, mm-hmm. the entire time, and I'm like, oh, my God, I know this guy has aces, but I don't know. Uh, and I, and I should have just got home. Got, got up and went home, and I right, didn't. I went right. back and See, got I'd some ne- more money. I'd never play poker with a guy who's a professional actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Now, to me, that just is such a liability. Yeah. Well, you know, but I mean, you know, I, but I think poker is its own breed. I mean, just because you, you act on film, I mean, I play with a lot of actors, and a lot of them suck. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm not scared of any of them. Um, 
Um, but you know, but then I played with guys like Phil Hellmuth and and other guys like that, and mm-hmm. uh, Antonio Esfandiari and and then you know Grano. That's my guy. And, and these guys are all serious about it. So yeah. you know. Um, you know, when you play with those guys, it, it really ups your game. Those guys bet on everything. Oh, they bet on everything. I mean, they're, they're golfing. All kind of prop bets. They'll go playing. No, on playing golf. I'm right. Like, all right. I bet you. I bet you a thousand dollars. You don't hit the fairway. I right. Mean, crazy. Right. Every right. single time. And it's not a hundred dollars. No. It's like I bet you ten thousand. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> you know. You're right. Absolutely. Uh, Case was telling me you're also a fan of boxing, MMA, yeah, and stuff like that. We think about uh, Mayweather Pacquiao. You... Oh, I'm looking forward to. I it. am too, I man. Mean, I, I got I got Mayweather though. Oh, uh, uh, I do too. I, I totally have Mayweather. You can't disrespect the champ. No, I was uh, I was a longtime Pacquiao mm-hmm. fan, right? And I think Mayweather's a bit of a loud mouth, mm-hmm. but man, he's just good. Uh, he's he's great. He's I mean, listen, good. say what you want, and a lot of times what people you know don't realize because you know I I have fight parties and things like that, and usually I integrate poker with them. <laughs> um, you know, any chance to play <laughs> poker? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. You're You're a smart oh, man. Uh, Super Bowl yeah. of poker, <laughs> um, but you know, a lot of people wind up becoming Mayweather haters. Rather than really watching the sport of boxing and understanding, sure. you know what he really how great he is. Forget about his personal life. I'm not, you know, his 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 preacher or yeah, yeah. His, you know, you know, uh, you know, or his father that you know he has to confess to. I don't care about his personal, but as a fighter, great fighter. Pacquiao's a great fighter too. Yeah, yeah. but I just think that Pacquiao doesn't have a chance. Well, Mayweather's got his own style, that, absolutely, that, which is completely different than any other boxer, absolutely. and he's gonna one of the I, best adjusters. Oh, yeah. In the game to ever do it. Best pound for pound fighter. And what I love about Floyd's fight game is that he's a boxer that doesn't get hit a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, he'll get hit, but he doesn't get hit a lot. Right. And you look at a lot of the great boxers of all time, they got hit a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you go to Ali, Frazier, any of those guys, they got hit a lot. Yeah. And Floyd has a style that he doesn't get hit a lot. Oh, he gets hit in the shoulders. He goes, yeah, and, hit, and, you know, and, 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 and the punches slip right yep. over your head. Yep. So exactly. Jake, Jake Lamotta said about 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 boxers mm-hmm. about contemporary boxers. They they do they do get hit a lot. And right. His, yep. his right. thing was. I don't want to get hit. No, yeah. nice. I want to be the hitter. That's the that's the beauty of being a, a, an excellent boxer is not getting hit, but yeah. doing all the hitting. You take any punches in uh, insurgent? Um, punches? No. I don't take punches, right. but other things happen. I wasn't sure much how, <laughs> I wasn't sure how much uh, fisticuffs come into play in, in well, the you know, next movie. Well, you know, listen, I'm, I'm the leader, you know, so yeah. you got to picture, oh. uh, you know, uh, Barack Obama jumping out of a black truck, <laughs> you know, to go find Bin Laden. He doesn't do that. He's no. in the war room. Right, 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 right. You know, pushing the buttons, you know. Yeah. What you have to do is you get up on that balcony that's above everything and you tell everyone what you want to do. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's I, how it works. I, I do, and I have loved Kate Winslet. Uh, probably She's great. Do you have many scenes? Any scenes? Yeah, we have we have uh, uh, a few scenes together. Yeah, absolutely. Is she pretty in person? She is. <laughs> she is. She's she's a, a naturally is beautiful she nice, woman. Mackay? She's a nice person. Yes, she's uh, very nice. In it. Because every, every other movie, she's, she's topless. topless in it, full frontal. Uh, I've already seen it all. I've seen it all. It never gets old though. No, you know, it never though, does. Man, she's she is she's a malevolent bitch in, in this in the, in, the, in the first movie. So yeah. I mean, she, yeah. it's 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 a good type for her to play. It's it is, cool. it is, it is. All right, now I'll take one question from the text board here. Are you related to Michelle Pfeiffer? <laughs> 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 oh, I 
haven't heard that one. <laughs> I'm certain of it, yeah. Wow, I'm so surprised. All right. Well, listen, Insurgent's going to be in theaters. Make sure you catch uh, Makai as Max in the movie. Great to meet you. Enjoy your time. Pleasure, Kelly, man. pleasure. Great it. show, guys. Thanks, yeah, man. Yeah, Appreciate really. it. Makai Pfeiffer, everybody. Love, love is in the air. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast, 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. I think we need to dig around in the junk drawer. Yeah. Really? This yes. early? Okay. I, I have uh, found a few things that I think might be worth um, throwing out to you. So let me uh, let me get my hands in there and uh, dig around. Now it's time to junk drawer with Frank. All right. So I saw this. Uh, if you've ever wondered who would win in a fight, a grizzly bear or a gorilla? All right, Ooh. may I uh, may I ponder? There used to be a show actually that pondered uh-huh. um, these these fights mm-hmm. between a grizzly bear and a gorilla. I'm gonna have to put my money on the grizzly bear. Uh, this is according to a an expert from Yellowstone National Park, and he says bet on the grizzly. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. How I much think bigger? the gorilla is it would be faster though. No, no. Mm, but the thing is, no? is that the. No? Uh, his, a, a, a grizzly bear can run when it gets up to a, a clip. It can run as fast as a horse. I'm just surprised because yeah. gorillas yeah. have opposable thumbs and arms that they can use. Whereas, For guns. Yeah, if they could. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, You've seen Planet of the Apes. Wait, so, are yeah. they allowed to use weapons? <laughs> but wait a minute. <laughs> Carrie Gunther, who leads Yellowstone National Park's bear management program, said that bears have uh, claws and teeth. Okay. Well, so do gorillas. But not like grizzly bears. Mm, I'm still voting for gorillas. They don't have wait, claws. They don't have claws. They have teeth. Yeah, they got they, they have teeth, and uh, but uh, I will chew that gorilla's ass right out. Gunther said that he had no disrespect for gorillas, but uh, he puts his no money disrespect. On a bear. Yeah. It has strength, teeth, and claws. Uh, they're the, they're also bigger. A grizzly bear would be bigger than a gorilla. Yes, uh, the park's top bear biologist continued his perhaps biased backing of Yellowstone's big brown bears. Uh, when Twitter users asked whether grizzlies or wolves ever fought, and he said that would be con- uh, the bears are considered the top predator. I'll tell you what would be a, an absolutely unbeatable foe: gorillas riding on the backs of grizzly <laughs> oh bears. Oh my yeah. god! Because they have the guns. Yeah, the gorillas right. with the, un- the right. opposable thumbs, and then the gorillas, the uh, bears have the speed and the claws, and right. the uh, and the fangs and the big, big freaking fangs teeth. and the fangs. Yeah. And the teeth. Yeah. Don't you think though that in a fight, right, a gorilla would be able to maneuver around the bear, shuck and, and jive, yeah, yeah shuck yeah. and jive. like a gorilla, sting like a gorilla, come out like uh, pretend like almost like cow tipping him, like he'd come at the gorilla's uh, shank and then knock him over that I, way. I think. Well, no, you're talking. You mean come at the bear? The bear, You're right? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I think I I think the uh, while the gorilla could get squat, you know, down. I do a great gorilla impression. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you're you're going to have He's doing it right now. <laughs> yeah. No, the the bear is so centered and so um, they're they're just a, a moving locomotive of teeth and and claws. Yeah, sure, right. they seem like they're kind of they're fat a little bit, and the gorilla seems to be all muscle. Have, no. uh, well, the gorillas have incredible tensor strength. Is a, a tensile tensile strength? What do they refer to it as? Uh, they, they're incredible, but the bears are just—they're just awesome. They're huge. Yeah, they're huge. How big are gorillas at their biggest? Nick, ah. think, think of uh, think of uh, French Creek Outfitters. You know that bear they have there—that stuffed yeah. bear that's on its hind quarters. 
Show me the goddamn gorilla that's going up against massive. that. Massive. There's no way a gorilla is going up against that. Uh, the gorilla like, would tap out in the first minute. I'm thinking like in superhero terms. You know, you know when you when you well, talk, are we talking super bears and super gorillas? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm talking about Batman versus Superman. Right? Batman. The bears works. can fly. Uh, no, yeah. no. Oh. Hear me out. Okay. <laughs> in this incredibly <laughs> important argument, I think that the gorilla would learn the bears' weaknesses and would therefore take advantage of them. And all the time that the, the gorilla is going to bear school, the bear is ripping the gorilla's head off. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, this this expert says that it would be a bear. Now, of course, I would like to hear an expert from the gorilla camp, right, just so sure. that we can be completely unbiased. I mean, yeah. honestly, besides humans, uh, who would win? A- a- of all animals, land animals. I think you'd probably have you a go good shot at a rhino. Rhino, tiger, elephant, uh, a hippo. Usually weight takes it. Yeah. The well, bigger... And it's one-on-one, right? So... Yeah, one, mano a mano. <laughs> I think so. The way the Duke would have wanted to do it. That's right. Yeah. So I just fought ten gorillas. Um, so yeah, prairie pro- gorillas are the worst. Probably an elephant. Okay, I would think. That's all they got to do is sit on you, and you're dead. Yeah, because I've seen like three or four lions go after an elephant and, and not a puggle. Succeed. Yeah, no, not a puggle. <laughs> What's a puggle? It's a, uh, a it's pug a, and a yeah, an, an uggle and an uggle. <laughs> All right, so grizzly bears can weigh up to, the the heaviest grizzly bears can weigh up to fifteen hundred pounds. That's that's the biggest ones that they ever found. They normally weigh about uh, six hundred uh, male grizzlies, but the male gorilla weighs to about uh, four hundred pounds. Okay, there you go, grizzly. Yeah, at I'm the weigh in. All right, and by the way, somebody also asked in this uh, Twitter conversation about whether uh, grizzlies should lose their protected status as a threatened species under the Endangered Species Act. I'm more concerned with their tax-free status. Uh, Gunther said uh, grizzlies have grown significantly in numbers and range since being listed as threatened, and he said biologically they are ready to be delisted. I'm sure they're thrilled with that. Right? Hey, guys, great news. We can get murdered again. Yeah, so they may take them off. You know, I was actually above, um, when we went to Alaska, there's a tram you take up the side of a particular mountain, and all the Kodiak bears Mm. are down there. Those things are huge, too. And they are, I think they might be a tick bigger than grizzly bears. I think they're the biggest bears, yeah. Um, And uh, they're just, (laughs) we were high, and they're just still enormous. Mm -hmm. Yep, very intimidating. All right, let me dig around, find another story for you. I, I like animal fights. If you have another one of those, uh, I, wanna, I do want to play this because I, <clears throat> I saw this. It was a um, a brother started texting his his sibling the sound of his his farts. Yes, uh, after he moved away, uh, so he would he would record his farts and then he'd he'd send. You know, we we know people. Who yeah, do we know. Like that. I that happened to me. Yes, it's very easy to do. By the way, now. Yeah, you just use your phone. Yeah, well, you have your uh, even in the in the texting. There's now a recording feature. Yeah, you're right. So Casey does it all the time. He sends them to Kathy. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, this guy sent it to his brother, and it uh, the he sent one, his fart, and it sounded like this. Okay, so that was that was it, and then he he realized something. Um, while he was listening to the recording, he decided to slow it down. Yeah, and let me play it for you here. And apparently what he found out is that is a major seventh arpeggio in B flat with an incidental at the end. Explain. Come on. So it's a, it's a uh, it's a, a chord that's being played out. That's with sort a little of... uh, at the end. So he realized that it actually has musical notation and And then I believe to to demonstrate that this is the same thing played on a flute. Wow. So you have this. 
and then this. <laughs> Maybe we're going to be a little bit more appreciative of our farts now and then. Well, he decided to put it together and to create what he is calling his magnum anus. Okay. Or his... What was the other word? There magnum was another opus. term for it. No, it was a uh, yeah, magnum anus or... I'll find the other thing, but this is this is it put together. And that's it. Very inspiring. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? It, well, it, it's, a, it's a pleasant piece of music. His rectum opus. That's it. Rectum opus, opus, or magnum anus. I'm wondering what my friend Jeff, what his fart would sound like to music. Because, I mean, this is a masterpiece. Yeah, but it doesn't have it a... It doesn't have a, a tonal... The, the, Preston, you're a musician. There, There's a shift in... Yeah, it's it doesn't. Uh, there, there are like semitones in there. These are these are a whole in halves here in this. Game. What about that one? I don't know. It's, it's, You'd have to slow it down. I mean, because that's what this guy did. He realized that once he once he heard that, and then he he it went from this to this, and then he found out it had actual oh. musical merit. Tonal Do we suspect that this was the way that? Beethoven that composed? music came about yeah. in the first place. It's possible, like uh, the Blue Danube. Uh, maybe. What do you have here? All right. So that's my angry fart. Yeah. I'm just wondering. No, no. That's more jazz. Oh, great. <laughs> We're going to go through the whole library. That's more spoken word. Well, I have to do it here. All right. So here, here are some of my. Wow, that's a lame fart. I can, no, don't say. Fart. Don't use the word fart. Say that's some of my music. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Oh. oh, that's when you farted. And you heard, <laughs> heard tried, it in the background. I tried to mask it by you guys saying, yeah. Wow. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> At the end there. All right, go um, ahead. What about this one? That's Jeff. Slow it down. All right, you want me to slow that down? Yeah, why not? All right, why not? Kind of a noir sound to it. Yeah, it oh. sounded awesome, though. It was Friday. Bar <laughs> crawl. I don't got to throw that in there. I've eaten a lot of Mexican food. Coming back to haunt me. (laughs) I went to my favorite jazz club. The guy on stage was blowing hard. Something about this case really stuck. The beginning of it sounds yeah. a little like a like a trumpet or, yeah. or, or a trombone. No, slow it down. Hold All on, right. take it from the beginning. All right. The city's dying. <laughs> you guys have anything else you want to do? Yeah, I want to hear that backwards. I would like to make this an opera. <laughs> <laughs> I just say that. Uh, if people have questioned in the past when we do this, and I know Pierre has issues with it, it's it's music. It's not music. It's you know, and that's the beauty of it. 
Yeah. Well, well, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. It exactly. Is. Or right. in the, uh, the nose or in the, the, nose, or the, the ears. Or the... Right, do you have another one? Let's see if we can find another a one. We're not done. No. I want to see one more. <laughs> oh, that, that's in the middle of a conversation. Oh, Come on, right. man. Get real. Uh, Actually, no. <laughs> look at it. <laughs> God, you are so loud. <laughs> that's, well, Case, Steve's playing a sound effect, yeah. and at the end of it, you hear Case. Again. I'm trying to get these loud sounds that are playing to mask the fart. Didn't work. All right, go. All right. Here, listen. Actually, no. <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> Look at it. Oh, Jesus, dude. Oh, my God. That was our, oh that God. Was our, Kathy's, that was our live reaction. Oh, my God. Hit it again, the whole thing. The so whole this, thing. Is, this is how it played out. Actually, no. <laughs> Look at it. Oh, Jesus, dude. Oh, my God. Everybody, everything <laughs> your, your timing was horrible. Because you had you had this to work off of. And you still managed to get it in. Oh. No, it's not as easy as it seems, guys. There is the option of holding it. Yeah. No, there is not. You know it exists. Hey, I swear it exists. Hey, I, before we even started this segment, I internally thought, and I and I want to go on record as saying this, Casey, you have been very good for quite a while. Now. Uh, you have, you've, you've laid off. You, whatever you've been doing, you've backed off. You've gone. You've left the room. I don't know what. Although I almost had an issue because I was sitting here yesterday with my lunch. And you, so he hasn't been good. He let one go over there, but you gave a warning to one of our interns. You're like, you, you, he, and the way Casey says, he says, "Be careful, there's fart over here," <laughs> and he gives a general area with his right. hands. He looks like he looks like a, I, a conductor. I yeah. almost said, "Dude, I'm eating." Okay, you know, and that's that's crossing the line. No, but right. you've been so good lately. Um, I walked out of the studio the one time, and there was nobody in this little work area over here. So I walk over there. and Marissa's? I, yeah. And so I let one go over there, right? And then as soon as I do, somebody starts walking. And I'm like, oh, man, because I wasn't done yet, you know? I had, to, uh, I had to cut it off. So then I go out the door. Yeah. And I let one go. You know, brrr. And as soon somebody as I do, somebody, corner? girl, walks around the corner. I was like, oh, man. Good. That's what you get. I hope she was disgusted at you, by you. Uh, all right, anyhow. Uh, but this guy put it to music, and he made it beautiful. beautiful. You know, it's really Make your beautiful. own kind of music. Yeah, I guess you could do that. Uh, so, anyhow. Isn't that, that that Sesame Street? No, I thought that was, uh, well, I, I remember it from Lost. Make your own kind of music. Yeah, but there's a, there was a show, or a, you know, a Sesame Street show with the Muppets, where you learn how to make music, and anything can make music, and it's all music. Something like that. In other words, an inspiring message for your flashlights. Yeah. <laughs> It is. Uh, now let's talk about something else. <laughs> okay, it's hard to come back from that. Well. Oh, this, what? this? Yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah. You want me to touch on this? Uh, well, hang on. What is it? Have you, is... Ever, have you ever heard the term whiskey D before? Oh, yeah. And, I'm, yeah. and I'm, I'm not using the full D word yeah, there yeah. at the end. Apparently there's a female version of this. There's whiskey V. Yeah, whiskey V. We'll okay. call it that. Um, Kathy, you ever heard anybody mention anything along those lines? Well, okay, let me be clear on what this is. It means that you, you can't. You can't. It, it means that uh, it turns into a desert down there. 
Yeah. For, for men, it, from for, men, for men, the right. circus tent doesn't go up. Right. And for women, it becomes the Baja, Bonneville yeah. Soul Flats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Does it have something to do with dehydration? It, I guess so. I haven't had a chance to, to read the entire article. I had printed it up earlier, and I meant to get to it, and I, I didn't. But, but it has to do... With the consumption of, of alcohol. I, th- I think you're right, though, Nick. I think that would have to be it. Right. Because alcohol, when you have a high level of alcohol in your body, it causes you to dehydrate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why part of the reason why you get so hungover is that there's no uh, water flow in your brain. But what about, um, all right, so are there different versions of Whiskey D? Because um, is there also a version where, uh, you know, the circus is in town, yeah. okay. right? Um, but, but the nobody, aren't coming but, out. But you can't shoot the, the man out of the cannon. <laughs> 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 right. Okay. That is a brilliant analogy. Thank Good you. Job. It just came to me. Uh, yeah, you know what? Yes. Yeah. You, because yes. that's the version I I have uh, right have had been come to know. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I yeah. would say so. But I mean, it's it's. But more, I would I would compare. But it's more known as a. Oh, 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 oh it's yeah. perfect. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is there a version? But I would compare the female version to what Casey's talking about. Okay. Not being able to. Cross the man the out line. of the can. For the man, it's, yeah, for that. Okay. For women, it's more Cirque du Soleil, and the petulant French performers don't want to come out. All right. right. I guess. Something along those lines. <laughs> a little more tasteful. A little more tasteful. Yeah. They don't want to do Le Dragion or whatever the hell they call it. But apparently, yeah, I was not aware. And and even though there may be real desire, um, and there is a... Um, uh, a lack of sensitivity and lack of the, you know, the man come, the man out of the cannon. Right. So the, you got... There you go. There's a See, circus. I thought it was just known that. And a desert. I'd never known that. I no, was not I aware never of that. knew that. I, I always knew the guy side. Now I've never been drunk or lit up, so, I, so I've never have encountered. You ever had that? I uh, not from alcohol. No, just. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm less a circus, more a movie guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like first, what movie? The. Um, let me think. Uh, uh, House of Sand and Fire. I was <laughs> oh, hoping you were going to say that. No, uh, yeah, I, I think fun. we all do. Just in general tiredness, you know, you'll 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 get that. Um, but you know, you have the best of intentions. But I I I, I agree with you, Preston. I didn't realize that the um, it was a uh, thing that women encountered. I know. As well. No, I had, really I had never heard. That. I know. Hey, ha- we're doing pretty damn well, yeah, right? You are. Yeah. yeah. But I, Steve, you know what? I I got my version of the of the whiskey D the the day I lost my virginity, the night I lost it. it it's just, yeah. He was telling me about this. the The man didn't shoot out of the cannon the first time. The, 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 te- my, the, how the, the tent was raised, but right. the but the man didn't shoot out. Well, of Well, let the me cannon. tell you, that's that's all I have now. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but he didn't even no sensations. No, he wow. didn't have the you know. Yeah. No, the gunpowder didn't explode to shoot the man out of the cannon. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was, and it's terrible. I mean, this is my first time ever. You know, huh. yeah, You've got the musket ball there, and it's not yep. moving. Right. You'd think for the first time it was I right. Had, I yeah. drank. There'd be nothing to stop it. So he the lost his virginity, the, but the party didn't. The, the the bowling alley's open, but the ball return isn't working. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> so my first time, I I shot three men out of the cannon. Really? Yeah. Wow. How, well, what did the guy do? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I, I'm driving a bus here. <laughs> I'm driving a bus here. <laughs> Nick, was this all at one time or? Uh, no, it was over the course of the These are three sessions. Okay. He yeah, had yeah, a splitter yeah. hooked up. And you didn't even know her last name, Three right? different cannons and three different men and nice. no, no idea what her last name is. <laughs> That's too bad. 
You don't know the girl. I know. Yeah. Is April Sol- oh, that, wait, didn't we go, find oh, her? Oh, oh, no, no, no. No, no, you no found that's somebody, a different one. You, no, no, no. You I found, found somebody, a friend. You found the room, the where she stayed, that roommate. And I sent her a message, and she didn't reply On to Facebook, me. yeah, well, she didn't want anything. Owing to our earlier conversation, would you? Would that be someone you'd want to maybe a, would you apologize, apologize to? Yeah, 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 sorry yeah, you didn't yeah. come to Bucknell, because I was hey, into that. You know what? Speaking of, of whiskey, Dean. And the fact that women can have that as well. Um, and Casey and Steve, you had mentioned tired. Uh, what, what's another? Can like, do you remember the Hulk Hogan uh, hidden video? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was said he he ate too much. Yeah. Remember that? Remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was there. Regis was there. He I was, was filming the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Hulk wasn't on his game that night. But you remember he was he kept talking about oh, I just ate. Yeah. I just, ate. I just ate so much. I think he was saying because he felt bloated and he his he he felt out of shape. He was with uh, it was Bubba the Love Sponge's wife. Yeah. Uh, I guess at the time. Yeah. I I thought maybe he just. Um, he couldn't, you no, know. Hulk always brings it. He, oh, does no, he? No, maybe he just felt disgusting. Like, you know oh. what he did? He, he, he took the bandana off his head and tied off his junk. That uh, that helped. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, a, like a male stripper does. Yeah, that's right. They do do that. Yeah. Tie it off. Casey, was your second time with the same girl? Yeah. And it yeah, all went well? My, she was my girlfriend. Yeah. Was it much better then? Uh, oh, yeah. They, he, the, you even got to the motorcycles in the uh, in the cage. Two men came out, of, uh, were shot out of the cannon <laughs> the next time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. I was making up for... What I wasn't able to do the well, night before. You said keep your ticket. Yep. Hang yeah. on to your th- yeah. Hang on to your stub. You, right? st- you stamped her hand. Yeah. Right. You stamped her hand. We'll make it good. We can do yeah. this right again tomorrow. Right. Pretty please. <laughs> pretty, 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 please. pretty, pretty please. Because yeah. that was so great. But it's not like she's going, oh, I hope, I hope. Yeah. As, as long as, as what Alec Baldwin said, as everyone gets their cookies. So, ladies, keep that in mind. If uh, if you drink too much, it might be a little bit on the difficult side. I, I didn't we, know that it was the same for for you as it was for us. I think we surgically carried that off. I think that was okay. It fell well within the bounds. It was just a, I saw this as a news article, and it, it, it was reported. Mm-hmm. And we are basically a news organization. This is it, right? <laughs> is that what we are now? Yes. All right. I a well-respected your... news organization. I love your newscast. No. <laughs> I love your newscast. <laughs> Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Steve and Singer's Ready for Love Diamond Engagement Rings are ready to go. <laughs> Whether your budget's $500 or $5,000, Stephen has the perfect ring for you at the perfect price. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. IHateStevenSinger.com. Studio Day is a chance for high school students to explore Newman University's programs in digital media, broadcasting, and production. You can use Newman's radio and TV studios and meet media professionals like Marissa Magnata and Andre Gardner. Studio Day is Saturday, October 19th from 10 till noon on Newman's campus in Delaware County. Discover how cutting-edge technology and industry connections can launch your career. Come to Studio Day on October 19th. To reserve your place, visit neumann.edu slash Studio Day. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. And the Beat File is brought to you by Delaware Valley University. Advance your career with an accredited MBA from Delaware Valley University. Just 10 courses. More info at delval.edu slash MBA10. Uh, this is pretty wild, man. Extremely dangerous conditions are making it difficult to, for rescuers to do uh, recovery. The body 
of a 34-year-old man who was buried when ice caves partially collapsed in Washington State amid warm temperatures. Yeah, yeah. I actually read a follow-up this morning. I had gotten this story last night that they were able to recover this person's body. But rescuers say more debris fell overnight. The body was in the back of the cave. Jeez. Buried by rock and ice. Five people were injured in the collapse and are expected to survive. Um, and they've said that anybody who steps in there is at risk. Signs warn visitors of the hazards from ice and rock at the Big Four Ice Caves, a popular hiking destination about 70 miles northeast of Seattle. Warm weather has made the caves unstable this season, and the ice caves have been closed until further notice. Temperatures in the area on Monday were in the 80s. Thousands of visitors walk one mile a one-mile trail to reach the ice caves, which are the lowest elevation permanent snow and ice patch in the United States outside of Alaska. Caves are formed by avalanches that cascade down from the nearby 6,135-foot Big Four Mountain during the winter and spring. Most years, one or more caves form as the ice melts. The U.S. Forest Service has warned hikers that the ice caves were dangerous due to unseasonably warm weather. I wouldn't risk it. I know. Visitors were urged to stay on the trail, not to enter the cave, and to be cautious in the area, which is prone to falling rocks and ice. That hasn't kept hikers out of the caves. A different section came tumbling down on Sunday, but none of the hikers inside there were injured. A woman named Sarah was said it was a terrifying moment. She's an avid ice climber, and she had filmed Sunday's partial uh, cave collapse. She said she heard the ice cracking just a few seconds before a chunk of the cave uh, sheared off. The hell with that. Yeah, the five people uh, five people injured are recovering right now. Uh, there was a girl, uh, Chloe uh, Jakubowski, 18 years old, said that she had a hand, she and a handful of others were in the cave on Monday when she heard a loud crack and then ice and debris ca- uh, cascaded down. She said she covered her head with her arms and crouched behind a giant rock of ice. She managed to survive. See, she, if you just stayed home and watched TV, that, that would not happen. No. Uh, she said that um, she and others saw the warning signs outside but went in anyway because she didn't see anything that seemed to point toward a collapse and others were already inside the cave. Man. Uh, a grizzly bear at the Minnesota Zoo repeatedly uh, slammed a 50-pound rock onto the glass wall of its enclosure Cracking the thick pane separating the bears from surprised zoogoers. And not just one crack, like the entire thing is just spider webbed with cracks. The director of animal collections, Tony Fisher, says I want out. custom made laminated safety glass uh, did what it's supposed to do. Only one of its five layers shattered. A brown bear weighing uh, weighs eight to nine hundred pounds, he said, so it's not much to them. Uh, zoo staff are not certain which of the three grizzlies picked up the rock, but they believe it was Kanai. It was Lou. No, it wasn't Lou. It was Lou. It was Kanai. It was Kanai. Uh, the middle-sized <laughs> brown bear, uh, the zoo says on its website that he likes to wrestle, and when it comes time to new things, he's most likely to be the first to try them. So Kanai's an instigator. Uh, that's right. Uh, Fisher says the bears were, uh, weren't All being right, aggressive. Does everyone have their passports? Or right, try- let's go. They weren't trying to escape. Uh, they were just playing. He said. Ah, I think they were trying to escape. Silly says, nothing like this has happened since the three orphaned bears arrived from Alaska in 2008. You always wonder as you go up to those enclosures, I wonder if one of these things could get through this. Yeah. Now, they're obviously meant to be stress test, uh, tested and all that stuff. But if you look at the shot of, of the sheet of glass here, it looks like it's about ready to go. Yeah, but I think it's got it like a film on it or something yeah. like that that'll keep it from completely falling apart. But it's totally shattered. Uh, here's my favorite story of the day. A man named Bear, hey. that's his name, got revenge on the gator that killed his fellow Texan. I've been looking for you. 
The orange Texas man who only identified... He's him- orange? No, no, it's, oh. it's a town in Texas. Uh, who only identified himself as Bear, shot and killed an 11-foot alligator in Burkhart's Marina Monday because he believed it was the beast who ate Tommy Woodward last week. You got to answer for what you done to Tommy. But listen to this. Woodward, Tommy, the guy who was killed, jumped into the gator-infested waters Friday after yelling, F that alligator. Uh-huh. You son of a bitch. He was immediately bitten and killed. Bear showed up on Monday to serve up some justice. He said he had to go. That's what happens when you kill someone. Kill one of mine, I'm going to kill one of yourn. Bear shot the creature in the head and dragged it to the water. Game warden said with the uh, when uh, wildlife officials cut open the alligator Monday, they found some of Woodward's remains inside its belly. Killing an alligator is a Class C misdemeanor in Texas and can carry a fine of up to $500. Woodward dove into the bayou early Friday morning, ignoring a no-swimming alligator sign. Uh, Moments before he jumped in, he told the staff that he was closing up the marina's restaurant for the night and that he was going to go for a dip. The marina staffers begged him not to go swimming, but he yelled, F that alligator, and jumped in. F it! The unidentified woman he was with started screaming for help when the alligator attacked. Next thing I know, this girl is screaming and an alligator's got to him. Marina employee Michelle Wright said, I saw his body floating face down and then he's face, uh, then he's up there for a couple of seconds and then he gets dragged back down and pulled off. Jesus. Officers uh, found his body in the water hours later. They said that Woodward, Woodward uh, likely drowned, but the bite could have been fatal too. His cause of death is pending as inv- officials wait on an autopsy. Uh, so this guy was serving up some justice by killing him. And then finally, we'll end with this. A man who tied about 100 helium balloons to a garden chair and flew over the Canadian city of Calgary has been charged with causing mischief. Daniel Boria told police he was planning on parachuting into the Calgary Stampede, a rodeo event, to promote his cleaning products company. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Mr. Boria said he somersaulted How out of the How good are my cleaning products? I'm a moron. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an endorsement. <laughs> Mr. Boria said he somersaulted out of the chair and parachuted down to safety after the balloons took him too high. I went too high. The whereabouts of the garden chair are unknown. Mr. Boria injured his ankle after landing in a a field just outside the city on Sunday, but no one else was hurt. I think there was like a third page that I I lost that would have my escape thing. Uh, he was detained after receiving medical attention. He said, I was sitting in a lawn chair looking By down. Way, I, I sell cleaning products. On <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this, though. I thought that that really wasn't even possible. I mean, no. I guess it is. But. Oh, no, Kathy, it is. It's, it's happened a couple many times. times. In fact, there's a documentary about the first guy who actually didn't use a lawn chair. He used like a, a chaise lounge. Uh, so anyway, I said, I was sitting in a lawn chair looking down through the clouds at 70, 747 airplanes and looking up to a cluster of helium balloons. Oh, I rose to a certain altitude and the wings got pretty, in- the winds got pretty intense. I was somersaulting out of the chair and it felt like uh, minus 30. Jesus. I watched below as a stampede in my dream drifted away. How high up did he get, did he say? It didn't say. Uh, several- I was looking down at 747. Several people took to social media after spotting Mr. Boria's publicity attempt. He said he had, uh, they had they have charged him with uh, mischief causing danger in Reckless life. Reckless use of a lawn chair. And could face further charges. He uh, reportedly used 120 oversized party balloons. 
Okay. And there you go. By the way, where's he getting all the helium? I thought we had a helium shortage. He spent $9,500 on helium. No How about $9,500 on just basic advertising for your... Yeah, yeah. right? That Perfect. would have been yeah. way better. Yeah. Steve, I read over the weekend that they discovered like a helium cache in the oh, part of... Oh, really? There, there was like a... Um, a fisher in Southern California, and, and it's a helium mine they, or vein. I guess, yeah. yeah. Well, how, how the same way natural gas pockets are are found and right. utilized. I guess you have the story about the people out in um, where was it, President? They would take the huge balloons. Oh, in China. Oh, it was in China. China. Yeah, yeah. yeah. fill them up they, with natural gas. They had a natural gas discharge coming out of the ground, and they would take these big, basic, big bag, big bombs in, them, in balloons, and it blew up. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, Crazy. That's what I got in the beat file for you, my friends. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment, all right? MMR's Money Shark. You might be sick of this song, but you're not sick of winning $1,000, are you? And here's your chance to win cash five times a day. Weekdays, tune in at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m., as well as 1, 4, and 6 p.m. to hear the hour's winning keyword. We give you 15 minutes to text the keyword to a special contest short code, 45911. You can also enter using the MMR mobile app or via WMMR.com, in which case we'll put your name in the hat for a $10,000 dollar grand prize. MMR's Money Shark. Details at... All right, enough. Stop. Get the entry methods and contest rules at WMMR.com. Brought to you by Horizon Services. 24-7 heating, cooling, and plumbing. And by 93.3 WMMR. Timely that our uh, guests are going to be here this morning, actually. I had a story in the news. With the papal visit, there was some some concern about... uh, homelessness in philadelphia and and the boulevard and, and all that area and whether or the not parkway, they're going to the try or i'm sorry the parkway and displacing them whether they're going to yeah. displace the homeless or not and uh the film that these guys are promoting uh is all about life on the street and the trials and tribulations and what goes on and, and what uh these people are subjected to on a day-to-day basis is called time out of mind uh, a screening coming up on september 25th and that'll be at the landmark ritz east we want to welcome to our studios mr richard gear and director orrin moverman yeah Hello. Hello. Preston, Welcome to Steve. I'm looking at the names around here. Kathy, Nick, <laughs> Steve, and Preston. And Casey. Yes. yes. You got them all. Got to get them all. It's a master stroke hey. to put yeah. the names on. <laughs> Thanks so much for, for, uh, for coming in. Um, I, I uh, was telling these guys, I watched the movie last night, and it, it's... <laughs> It's very. It, it caught me quickly, especially because there've been. You know, I think we all have chapters in our lives where, um, you know, you, you kind of feel like you're less than. You know, am I here? Is this working? Is anything? Yeah. You know, am I disappearing? And your character, Richard, in the movie, who is a, a homeless man, ends up homeless. He's a, he's a squatter at first and is put out on the streets, and he actually has that moment where he turns to another character played by Ben Vereen and says, "Am I am I homeless?" The revelation is something that's almost incomprehensible, but there there he is. And then Ben Vereen keeps saying something that my mother used to say, there but for the grace of God. Um and, and it's 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 so it's it's this um it's this thing that we we're always kind of dancing on the precipice of what keeps us in quote unquote the real world yeah. and what makes us homeless and one step removed from society. And it really resonated with me, the movie the way it's depicted no i'm i'm glad you set it up that way because yeah. you know it it clearly it's hard to describe this movie it, it, it we had the shorthand of this is a the homeless guy movie yeah 
But I think by the end of this, it's not so much focusing on homelessness, but that sense that you were talking about, kind of existential crisis that yeah. we all go through of, of, am I real? Am I, what, did I set up a life that makes any sense whatsoever? Yes. Yeah. Is this all wacky? And it, have, it, have I made huge mistakes? Have I started with the wrong premise for my life? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, clearly it's about a homeless guy who is questioning everything. And we, we start the movie where he has left his last moment of security in, a, in an apartment that was Sheila's. And we, yeah. we don't know who Sheila is. Sheila could be every woman he's ever known, Sheila. Um, or something even more metaphorical than that, right? And um, he's a, he's a squatter. He's in a he's in a bathtub. Steve Buscemi comes yeah. in, I guess, as the site manager or whatever. And but the, your your performance, a, a massive kudos. It's actually Entertainment Weekly is one of the top ten picks for this this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, is I've been around. We've been around people like this. And there's there's we we do a, a huge food drive every year. That's you great. know, for for fill abundance. But there there's something that. The movie creates through in the in the first half hour, where you're never quite the center. You're seen in reflections. You're like almost not there, you yeah. know. And, and 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 that is obviously on purpose. But the performance is so there that it resonates. I'm like, and you feel uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable watching. I this think guy. the the way people usually tell stories, especially in movies. Is that you give the backstory, you give the facts yeah. of of who somebody is, and you just kind of relaxed and go, well, I I understand because I know the facts, right? But I think that's an illusion. The facts just give us something easy to hold on to, and we we had no interest, frankly, in the backstory or the facts of this guy's life. We wanted to see inside of him. We wanted to see in inside, even between the thoughts of his thought process. And that's what, that's what caught me, because there are things that you think about. when I've And I liken it to when I've been out of work, and I'm sorry to... to Steve, spot. you are really good. <laughs> I mean, I'm enjoying this, because first of all, your mind is yeah. really quick, and you're getting this movie. And I'm being rude to Kath here, and I, I apologize. Okay. <laughs> but but I mean, and I describe it. When I was out of work for a while my, with my wife, and obviously I, I had resource, much more resource than you have in this movie. I remember being in a Boston market on, a, on the middle, you know, middle of the afternoon looking for work, and it was empty. I was the only one in there eating. I had my, my notes and my things and, you know, my little Sheilas, you know, that I'm like, is this working? Is this yeah. happening? And and I always describe it as the Boston market of despair because that, that moment, that epiphany profoundly shifted my life from there on in. And here your character is, where am I going to sit for two hours? Where am I? Is this my bench for tonight? Yeah. You know, those little yeah. subtle decisions that seem that we don't even entertain become the focus of your character's Day-to-day travail. Well, I think one of the things of setting it in New York, and this is very much a New York story, if you ask what the narrative is, is based on the reality of New York City right. and the laws of New York City. and It's a right-to-shelter state. It's right. the only one in the country. And it, we, I have yet to find one in the world. It may be the only place in the world that is a right-to-shelter. By law, you have to be given a bed. But it's, it's warehousing is what, what happens. It's not really taking care of anyone. You're warehoused for, for the night and then rousted out in the morning. Uh, but we're catching this guy again in a in a moment where there all 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 the pathways that he knew, all the synapses in his brain, yeah, are now short circuited. He he doesn't know what to do. And in New York City, it's filled with people, as it is here in Philadelphia, not quite as fast as New York, but <laughs> yeah. but people know where they're going. I'm here now. I'm doing this at ten o'clock. I'm going to be there. So everyone is in motion, thinking forward all the time. This right. is a guy who's clearly in the moment. What moves him is I'm hungry, I'm tired, 
I need shelter. Yeah. That's it. It's an animal existence for him right now. Richard, my mom is a uh, mental health nurse in a homeless shelter. Uh, and so she deals with this every day. Oh, but did great. you? how did you prepare to play the character? Did you speak to any homeless people, go into shelters or anything like that? Well, I've been working on this a long time. I, I bought this script at, at least 12 years ago. and um, It's been in the process that long. Yeah. Yeah. The, f- the first script was, was uh, only embryonically. If I looked deep inside of it, I could see the movie I wanted to make. So it was, it was a question of finding Oren, finally, and we connected <laughs> on how to make this hard movie. hard to find. Which was, uh, um, you know, we, we, we had to make it like a neorealist film. It, it feels almost documentary the way we shot it. Like we a found, like a found object, something we just found on the street. There's very little in this movie that feels set up. We didn't shoot it that way. Most movies are shot. You do a wide shot. You yeah. go over the shoulders. You do close-ups. But there's nothing like that in this movie. This was all extremely long lenses, uh, very intricate in terms of the spontaneity of how we shot this. Um, but I think, again, we wanted this feel that it was all happening now. It wasn't happening in the past. It wasn't happening in the future. We were seeing it right now. Now, in terms of getting it right, um, there's a group in New York that I'm very close to, the Coalition for the Homeless, and I've been mm-hmm. working with them for a long time. So, in uh, in fact, I was uh, I have a badge as an inspector to go into the oh. shelters. Um, so, I mean, I, I it's kind of in my blood at this point, but it made a huge turn for me reading a book by a homeless guy named Cadillac Man, who's become a friend of mine, but he wrote a book called uh, In the Land of Lost Souls. And it was, he's not a writer, but he has some extraordinary artful side to him. And his book was hard-boiled, no sentimentality, no self-pity at all. It was very much in the moment. Uh, and I found it extremely moving. And when Oren and I looked at that, I think it informed both of us of, how to tell the story. Keep it real. Keep it real. The reality of it is uh, terrifying. And Richard, you mentioned um, synapse is not firing properly. My uncle was a paranoid schizophrenic and he ended up being homeless towards the end of his life. And you try to help somebody like that. And Warren, I'm sure you can speak to it as well, because they're, they're not thinking like a quote unquote normal person would. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, your character's um, inability to think clearly or act Normally, I'm going to give this to Oren because okay. you haven't heard his voice. And yeah, he's yeah. Such yeah, yeah, sure. And I have some questions he's for you. Six foot eight. He has long black hair down to his butt. He's strikingly <laughs> handsome. Amazing. Yes. This, this, I mean, this is why. Think I love of radio. a dark-haired <laughs> Fabio. Yes, <laughs> um, but yeah, to, to that point, to depict because and to tag on to Nick's question, yeah. movies try to do it sometimes, and it's it's like playing drunk. You you have to be just right on, or it becomes. Parody. Right. Yeah. So how did you how did you as a director hit the right tone? Um, with respect, basically. Yeah. I mean, you, you walk around New York City and there's so many homeless people. And this is a movie about a character you wouldn't notice in your life. As Richard say, we're all in a hurry. You know, we're all looking at our phones. We're all kind of rushing to our next meeting. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to put Richard in live environments as a homeless person. We didn't want him to be too obviously anything. We didn't right. want him to be too obviously mentally ill, although there's something off with him when you watch the movie. We don't define it. We don't I call it I think it's pretty name. subtle, but you see a descent with him and a disintegration mentally, physically, psychologically, in, in those in, in just little conversations. So that, and there are points in little conversations with other characters where there, there can be – and then you can see it occurred to them, okay, okay, right. I got it now. But one of the ways we did it is we were hiding from Richard. 
Okay. We hid the camera. Really? The camera was not oh. visible to anyone. Sometimes so, I didn't know where the camera was. Wow. <laughs> so that when, when people oh, are walking by you and those ignoring you, people. those, those are, are real that's people real unaware. That's they cool. don't know they're being That's guerrilla filming. Oh, yeah. That is wow. guerrilla filming. That's illegal, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, it is not. Okay. <laughs> because uh, what we did, see, New York now is a TV town. Yeah, There's yeah. tons of shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people are ignoring crews anyway, but uh, they're just so used to it and sick of it. But we also, what you do is you put a sandwich board on the street that basically says, spells out if you're walking past this line, uh, you agree to be in a movie. But we put uh, it about a mile and a half away. <laughs> <laughs> just to no, hedge your bets. No, I'm sure there are lawyers listening to this. And then basically we took the footprint away of, of the camera because we, look, if we put Richard Gere on the street with a camera pointed at him and you saw the camera. You're going to know. You're going to know. And, and and it's, it's, and our, our so they're blown. in storefronts. They're on top of buildings. They're in apartments across the street. It's And even so in men at work tents and some points uh, the huh. camera was in there no one ever saw the footprint of the filmmaking so wow. it, it created for me as an actor an incredible freedom it reads real i mean well, it, re- it reads as real as you, you can imagine it yeah. also becomes a social experiment and yeah. you put mm-hmm. richard gear yeah. in clothing of a homeless man in the city that he would be recognized you know within seconds yeah but you take away the persona um then we're all the same huh. Um, people end up on the street for different reasons, <clears throat> uh, drug addiction, mental illness, uh, hard times, uh, physical ailments, things like that. Um, but um, most of them do have a family and uh, or family members that are affected by this as well. You have the dynamic with the, the character that plays your daughter in the film, Richard. Jenna Malone, one of my favorite actresses. She's absolutely superb. outstanding. Isn't she? Oh, she's yeah. a knockout. Um, she is so talented and so real and spontaneous. I loved working with her. Tell us about the, di- the father-daughter dynamic in this particular film with her character. Well, I think you kind of get... First scene we have, the two of us together. Let me go back a little bit. Yeah. You, you, you find me following someone mm-hmm. we don't really know who she is mm-hmm. young girl and then i think it becomes evident just because of the way it's played not because of what we're told that we are connected and that's my daughter uh, clearly some bad stuff has gone down and it's unresolved and it's deep and it's it's emotional and it's going to take a lot of repair to fix it and uh that's much of what the movie is is how do how do people get past that stuff because you, you can see the scars are there. You just don't exactly know what they're about. They're no, scars. it's on, not important. You don't need to know. No. What um, we didn't want to do, though, is make it some kind of sexual issue because it was yeah. off the point. So okay. we, we just stayed away from that. I'll tell you who was a revelation, and it took me a while to realize who the hell it was. Kira Sedgwick plays this. <laughs> you should tell the story of how she ended up. She's like a like a near-toothless hooker, basically. <laughs> and I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, ah. Yeah, she. there was a small role for a homeless woman that... Um, George Rich's character meets. We we started just to set that up. We felt we wanted to again staying with the animal nature of this character, and we wanted the, his character to be the movie. Yeah, what he was in all ways. I, that's the, the the sexual part of an animal, and the 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 need to connect physically, the the, the passionate need to to connect in all possible ways. We wanted to be part of this movie. Enter her. So we yeah. wrote no this, pun intended. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We wrote the scene to, to explore that. Right. Yeah. So, right. And it, she basically had three lines in the entire movie when we started out. Mm-hmm. And then Kira wanted to do it um, to our delight. And then she went out and started talking to homeless women, came back and started telling me the story about this one homeless woman who she was talking to and how she was explaining everything to her. And she started talking like her. And it was really impressive. And then she showed me that she wrote everything down. And that became her 
huge monologue in the movie. It's just wild because that's, I mean, that's one of those transformations where everyone has, every, the performances are across the board stellar. No, we've had other people say, I said, How, how'd you like Kieran? I said, which one was she? Said, oh, she was the, the homeless lady yeah. with the bum, 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 and said, wow. No, it, she's, she's amazing in this. It's I amazing. Did, I, I'm, just a quick thing, Casey, just on, on one note, the movie doesn't point fingers. There's, there's, there's no, you, you're bad. You're there's bad. no bad guys. There, there, no. There's no bad guys. It's just, and there, there are very concerned people within the, 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 uh, the, the system and they're good. They're concerned. overwhelmed. Yeah. Overwhelmed. They don't know how to deal with They're not bad trained. people. They're trying to do the best they can. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. locked into the same problem. Yeah. I, I do have a question about the guerrilla style of, of making this movie because I don't recall, but did any of the tabloids say, hey, well, here's Richard Gere is sitting on the side of the street somewhere and, and uh, we don't know why, um. I, I don't know. I mean, we had some paparazzi yeah. with us. They always know. Yeah. Everything. What stories came out of the Richard Gere falling on hard times? <laughs> well, I, no, I, the story I tell them, these guys have heard it a million times. The only two people, two people, 21 days of shooting in New York on the streets of New York and in Grand Central. We have a big scene in Grand Central. Yeah. That was real. Really? We didn't have extras. That was real. Oh, Everything yeah. that happened. Yeah. The only two people who recognized me were in Grand Central and was towards the end of the shoot. And it was two African Americans, and separately. Yeah. And they walked by me and said, "Hey, Rich." <laughs> and they kept walking. There you go. They kept walking like, oh, hard times. <laughs> you know, it can happen to anyone. We understand. <laughs> if you're just tuning in, uh, Time Out of Mind is the film that uh, Richard Gere and director Orrin Moverman are, are talking about. Um, movie making, um, while it being a job, also looks like it can be a lot of fun. It. Is it possible to have fun making a movie like this? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's, even, it's even possible to have fun watching a movie. Like yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I know you can get entertainment out of it, but I mean, you know, going yeah. to work and having a good day and, and that whole thing. The, I've, I've made 285 movies. Wow. No, I'm kidding. I, I, I knew that. I knew that. You know what, Richard, that, that, that's a porn resume. Not that old. I knew that. No, I mean, it's very rare. I can count on half of one hand the number of films that I didn't have a good time on. Okay. And it's usually because the people are great. You're there to be creative. You have to keep a good energy flowing, even if you're doing an extremely difficult scene, a painful scene. You still have to keep a very human vibration going. Yeah. And it's, it's a family. I and mean, obviously, you're watching a movie. You, all you're seeing is where the camera's pointed. But there are hundreds of people standing around sure. behind the camera. That would and freak me. I, I just I wouldn't be able to. The level of focus you have to have, and, and you're 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 you know you're just not looking your best in the movie. Clearly, and and uh, what do you mean? <laughs> not as glorious as, uh, as as your director, but. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's to me that would just there has to be an enormous amount of respect. Yeah. But I think a sense that we're all in this together. I right. mean, clearly, everyone has to be on the same wavelength. One person in that hundred people close to the camera making that film. If one of them screws up, it may screw up the whole thing. We've got to work together. Yeah, especially me, the director, the cameraman, the operator, the focus puller. If we're not in the same wavelength, you can't make this movie. It's impossible. You know, the second, third time you might watch this movie and you see how intricate some of these shots are. But they had to be done intuitively. These are most all of them one-take scenes that are extremely intricate in terms of what the camera's doing, sure. I'm doing, focus. But we didn't talk about it a lot in advance. We just felt it. So of your, of your, of your 285 films, <laughs> what do you often... But what, who's counting? <laughs> when you're recognized on the street, you know, this gentleman walked by... 
what movie's most referenced back to you? Oh, Pretty Woman. It's pretty Woman by Florence. Yeah. yeah. Gotta be, right? Sometimes Officer and a Gentleman. Yeah. Sometimes some odd ones here and there. But I'm a huge woman. fan of, of the Mothman prophecies. Yeah. I don't know if that's if, where that, if that's a movie you're, you hate. You're a very dark and crazy person. Uh, you have yes, no yes. idea. <laughs> right. tell, them, tell them the first two movies you saw with your dad. Oh, my God. When we first got a, a VCR, I kid you not, Jaws and Deep Throat. Yeah. By hand of God. Yeah, so. <laughs> Which one was first? Thematically, <laughs> <laughs> they were interchangeable, but yeah. Uh, we were... Teenage boys at the time, so, uh, but yeah, so I would imagine Pretty Woman, but uh, well, so, that's the same everywhere, every yeah. place I go. I, I I had that in Borneo. I had some natives come up to me and start, start wow. talking about Pretty Woman. I mean, this it's got to blow your mind. It's pretty bizarre. It was yeah. a small film. We made this little film. It was charming. We had a really nice time. You know, I've never it. seen it. What? I've never seen is Pretty wrong Woman. With you? I've seen so many of your movies. That's the one that I, I've never seen it all the way through. I've, I've seen, seen it in French. I know. I've never. No. That's one of the movies. It doesn't matter what point. It, this it's is on, a man I'll who lives it. under a rock. <laughs> is he worse than me, Richard, for the Mothman prophecies? <laughs> no, but I'll tell you what. Primal Fear is one of my favorites, yeah. and that was uh, you know I think we were introduced to Ed Norton in that movie, yeah. and that was. Uh, you know, Unfaithful is another one that I really, really loved. I'm just wondering if there were any scenes in those movies, like you know, outtakes, because you talk about like these are serious dramas, and uh, you know, we're talking about having fun on on the, on a set where you're in like a a majorly dramatic scene where you just I'm like, okay, I need to take five, I need to take about a half hour because I can't, I'm laughing too much. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I think there was some... Actually, in Pretty Woman, there were some of those. Okay. Either she got giggling, or I got giggling, or, or Gary Marshall, the director, got giggling. Because it just... It, that was a movie that just bubbled in a, in a very extraordinary way. Is, is it can't the, be repeated. I think the problem for me is is with Pretty Woman is I've never seen it from the beginning. So it's like, I, I, I'm not... She's a hooker. I, yes. I understand oh. that. I understand that. But, but she's a Disney hooker. Yes. <laughs> the best kind She's very hooker. clean. Very clean. Well so I need, I need the, the entire frame of reference. You know what I mean? So I can't start I watch something. watch it. Well, well yeah. I, I, to be honest, you're in when I cite my five. Kathy's very upset. I want to tell you right now. She's beside herself. I, you know, that movie, really, I mean, I know everybody loves it, but I'll, I'll watch it no matter what time of day it's on. You're in... in, in Days of Heaven is in my top five favorite movies of all well, Days time. Well, this is interesting because yeah. the first movie I made was Days of Heaven. Oh, what was that? was the first movie? The very first mo- real movie that I made. I did, I did a couple, I did a little television thing before then, but, but uh, Days of Heaven was the first movie I made. With the legendary? I, I wasn't even interested in movies. I was a theater actor. Really? I was very happy doing that. And this last movie that's been released is Time Out of Mind. And I, I have had many references from uh, critics and interviewers of... Uh, the connection between these two movies. And I think w- one of the connections is, is both of them are totally unique unto themselves. Yeah. They both were made with no other intention of making something beautiful, extraordinary, as deep as we possibly could, and to please no one but the filmmakers. And I, th- I think they both stand up that way. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're experiences. When you watch Days of Heaven, you're experiencing a a moment in time. You're, when you're you, immersed in yeah. someone else's view of the universe. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Well, the first time I ever saw Inversion Boots was American Jigolo. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's my Richard Gere moment. That's your card. Yeah, so. No, I, th- 
I thought Internal Affairs was a great movie. That was that was pretty badass. You were evil in that. Oh, the cops love that one. Yeah. <laughs> I said, all cops come up to me. And I said, you sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first time you guys ever worked together was that with the uh, I'm Not There. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And is that how you guys met initially? That's the Bob, I, that's called the Bob Dylan movie. That's by the way. And it's that, that wild experiment. Yeah. But I had read scripts of his before that. Yeah. And, and Oren's kind of a, a darling of the indie crowd and he had written a lot of scripts for some really wonderful films and I some of them had been offered to me so I knew his work and I was really happy to meet him finally and to be quite honest we fell in love immediately (laughs) did you meet at like a Hollywood uh, young talent function or something like that I I think I was reading a story where uh, it was some sort of oh no we we reconnected at at a party for for new members at the academy new members all right I was the new member uh, and you were catering, Richard? Was that the? Day? I was catering. <laughs> hey, Richard. On a personal level, I want to ask: um, Do you have a pretty badass guitar collection? Did I hear that correctly? I I still have a good one, but I had an incredible one. I had like a hundred and fifty incredible guitars. Just... Most of them I sold to raise money for Tibet. Frankly. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure if those were um, you know guitars that uh, that famous guitarists had owned, or they Some, were just great. Guitars. I had Albert King's guitar, Peter Tosh's guitar, Flying I V, had, Albert yeah. King guitar. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, if you want, you can hang with uh, one of us at our homes because the Dalai Lama is coming to town, and yeah. a, he's, yeah. he's staying with you. Personally. <laughs> he is yeah. We figure we could put you up and see. Yeah. But actually, uh, I'm going to be here with him. Oh, you're back. In, you were born in Philadelphia, right? I was. Mm-hmm. Do you have family still? Presbyterian there? Hospital. My parents were going to. Uh, University of Pennsylvania. Wow. And uh, it's they showed me pictures of it. We left when I was a year old. Okay. But it was there was some kind of an apartment building we were staying in. <laughs> Very tiny. I had an older sister and there's two babies. Don't remember a lot of it, do you? Not a lot. One <laughs> <laughs> year old. I knew I was born into heaven. That's that's all I knew. That's I right. You have to get Philadelphia, back. Yeah. <laughs> but you will be back when the Dalai Lama's in town. Yeah, I'll be back. That's all great. Right. I'll be back. Excellent. Well, you're more than welcome to stop by here and <laughs> chat if you like. Bring the this llama. This was fun. Bring the llama. Please. What time did you guys start today? The energy level is really high in here. <laughs> Six o'clock, we start. In well, the that's morning. not so bad. Yeah. 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 Up at four. Uh, but anyhow. All right, so a reminder that... Uh, time, time Out of Mind. Time, time Out of Mind. Yeah, the, uh... Time Out of Mind. <laughs> Very powerful film. It, it is. And you, you, you let it... You know, live with it, and uh, and you'll you'll be rewarded for your time. And and takes a look at, at life on the street in a, in a in a different uh, perspective than you've seen before, which yeah. is uh, really cool. So, uh, Richard Gear, pleasure to meet you. Thank Thanks you. for coming by this more uh, this morning, Oren. Uh, thank you so much, and best of luck. Thank we appreciate you. it. Thanks All right, so take much. care, guys. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll come back in just a second. Make sure you stay with us. <laughs> What's new? Why do you ask? Dirty honey. You know the time has come, so don't let me. Shine down. My monsters are real. Electric energy. Ghost. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Stephanie Meyer has a treat in store for Twihard. Yes! To celebrate the 10th anniversary of the book, the author announced on Good Morning America that she has written a 442-page version of the original novel, with the genders reversed. This is so exciting. In Life and Death, Twilight Reimagined, Bella Swan... Is, is a dude? ...is now a boy named Bo, and Edward Cullen is a girl named uh, Edith. I love it. Edith? Get me another vampire, you dingbag. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be your lover! 
You ding bad. You ding bad, you. With the werewolves and the vampires. And by the way, bat, vampire. Bat, vampire. <laughs> ding bat. No one in the history of humanity has linked Archie Bunker to Twilight. <laughs> to Steve Morrison. <laughs> to the genius of Steve oh, Morrison. Oh, your skin twinkles in the sun. <laughs> you ding bat. <laughs> now, is she the vampire? Yes. I'm the vampire! Yeah. The and way he, my skin twinkles in the sun. And he's just a uh, a regular human, right? Oh, my God. Uh, Archie. Yeah. <laughs> Archie is. Whatever. Going out all hours sucking people's necks. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be so much to make me a butt roast now and then, you dingbat? <laughs> I gotta go out and fight the Voltari! Uh, all the way you sleep all day. <laughs> They didn't even have to change their names, though. Yeah. They really didn't have They to really name. didn't. No. This is the no. dumbest thing I've it, ever heard. It is. It's yeah. so stupid. It's stupid. It, it, look, I'm rewriting Moby Dick, but I'm making all the sailors whales. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it, uh, there's no... Re- it's just stupid. But, I mean, she's always been sort of slighted Stephanie Meyer. Well, not slighted. I guess she's not a very good writer. Yeah. Just, well, other authors have yeah. definitely been very critical of her work. There, there's no... Um, there are no layers to her writing. It, it's very straightforward, and it's, it's it's easy reading. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's entertaining. Um, but if you want to compare it to J.K. Rowling, look at the layers and, and the and intellectual behind it. Stephen know? King did exactly that. Yeah. Because he is a huge J.K. Rowling fan. Yeah. And, uh, and listen, there's a whole bunch of people that love these books. That's great. Yeah. I, I Look, I watched all the movies. No. You know? Which are also terrible. They are yeah. phenomenal. <laughs> You've also watched Rat Boy. I watched Rat Boy, right. which was great. It's you easier to bet. suffer. It's like, <laughs> you bad. Flying around, climbing up trees super fast and fighting werewolves. <laughs> I have to fight the werewolves. <laughs> super fast. Uh, Jacob has also been changed to Julie. By the way, mm-hmm. oh, hi, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, now, God, now we're in one day at a time. <laughs> Oh, Both Lord. Norman Lear shows. I was about to say, right? This is the Norman Lear version of Twilight. There's a connection. Mm-hmm. This is it. Ah! Ah, Julie, they're vampires. <laughs> Stephanie said, uh, Man, there's a bunch of black vampires moving in next door. <laughs> <laughs> the Jeffersons. Uh, Stephanie said, I wanted to do something for fun for the 10th anniversary, and the publisher wanted, uh, like, a forward. And I thought, well, maybe something more interesting. And she went on to say, the further you get in, the more it changes because the personalities get a little bit different, but it starts out very similar. And really, it really is the same story because it's just a love story, and it doesn't matter who's the boy and who's the girl. It still works out. Uh, I just saved your life from that van that almost hit you. The, uh, ah, enough with the heroics. <laughs> That's how they meet, or uh, yes, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. You just saw the first one. You just yeah. see Adam. Okay, I saw part of the, the first one. I did see the part. Yeah, they've seen each other around school. There's those very cool looking vampires, and, and he the, he steps in front of it, right? And, and, and whoa, yeah, wow. Keanu Reeves is in it. That's no, like what <laughs> almost, yeah. yeah. Uh, the book is already available, though, if you are interested. Uh, so the MTV Video Music Awards: a night of music, nudity, unscripted drama, and farting. That's what it seemed to turn into Sunday night when a flatulent sound erupted through the microphone as Taylor Swift was announcing her new music video for Wildest Dreams. It's funny because when it happened and I was watching it, um, it it did sound like a fart. But to me, it sounded like a mechanical 
you know, issue. I think it sounds like a fart, but the microphone is at her mouth. Right, and it's And too the fart loud. sound is like if someone shoved it in their butt cheeks. <laughs> right. Oh, really? I can yeah. hear it. So, Casey, you know, you've you've fart into a phone all the time. Yeah, it's what you where, do. Where do you hold that? At my butt. Does it yeah. actually almost touch your butt? It's like that close, right? Pretty close. Yeah. 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 In order to get By the way, he's giving away trade secrets right now. In there. order to get that sound. In fact, we have a we have uh one time we were talking on air and Casey farted loudly and his butt wasn't by the microphone and you can barely hear it in the background. And if you're in a if you're in an environment where you're just using a handheld microphone in a crowded and there's theater. a lot of people around. Yeah. You would have to shove that thing to your butt cheek in order to get your And I fart. would have noticed her doing that. Yes. I probably. would have noticed her bending over and jamming the microphone between her ass cheeks. I'm, I'm going to play the audio in just a moment, but uh, she was flanked by her girl power bad blood squad. Oh, they're the best. Uh, oh, my and God. It appeared that Taylor had, uh, after taking meticulous care to hold it in, let one rip. Ever vigilant M- uh, VMA watchers took to Twitter aghast. Did Tay-Tay really just pass gas on live television? Some fans blame themselves for the embarrassing audio, but it was actually, but was it actually Taylor's the question? Did Tay-Tay PG? And by the way, uh, she, she, when she's saying it, at, when she's speaking and this sound comes out, yeah. she, her mouth opens <clears throat> and she squats at the same <laughs> yes, time. She does. So the timing is impeccable. It's perfect, yeah. It's almost as if somebody inserted it in I know, on yeah. purpose. But, but it was live. I'll play the audio for you. Here we go. This is a video directed by Joseph Kahn, who did Blank Space and Bad Blood. It's our third video working together, starring Scott Eastwood. Sick. Here's the video. Did you hear it? Yeah. Yeah, here. Go back in here. That's so loud. Wood. Sick. Here's the video for Wildest Dream. One more time. One more time. Bad Blood. It's our third video working together, starring Scott Eastwood. Sick. Here's the video for Wildest Dream. Not that right. Yeah, did that, you hear it? Did you that, hear it that time? That time I heard it. One more time. Yeah, yeah, when you listen a little closer, right, you can Blank kind of... Space and Bad Blood. It's our third video working together, starring Scott Eastwood. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that to Chase. That might be a fart. I think no, so. No, I don't think it is. Look at now her, that I think about it. It wouldn't be that loud, and I bet you, because she does bend down a little bit, exactly what you're talking about, I bet you it's her outfit. Do you know what to, is it leather? Well, that's I, what I was going to say. No, I don't think I, it's I, anything she did. I don't I think, think that it's microphone a, would pick that up. Exactly. It was from somewhere else. It was yeah. from another source. Video working together, starring Scott Eastwood. Sick. Here's the video. <laughs> she is so cute. I love her. One more time. Just to uh, make sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just, to, just to make sure. Hang on a second. Together, starring Scott Eastwood. Sick. Here's Yeah, because it really overpowers. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can't see it, but Selena Gomez is actually knocked off her feet. Oh, okay. Give you guys an inch. Uh, An MTV (laughs) spokesperson has declared MTV confirmed that the sound heard in the moment Taylor Swift introduced her new music video, Wildest Dreams, was isolated to a production microphone. Okay. There was absolutely no possibility of it being Taylor or anyone in her party's microphones picking up ambient sounds, which I agree with. It wouldn't have. It wouldn't. So just one more time. This this okay. is the sound. Just to back it up a little more. Hang on a second here. All right, here Khan, who did Blank Space and Bad Blood. It's our third video working together, starring Scott Eastwood. Wildest dream. Yeah. Oh, you can hear it. You can hear Car it. alarm was set off. Right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> 
Anyhow, uh, she didn't. She didn't. Really yes, want. we are here to say. Are that you she sure? Because I clearly heard. We'll it. play it again. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Third video working together, starring Scott Eastwood. I heard it. But is it real? You know, that's the question. I think that's probably a, a production mic that yeah. was hot or okay. something. <laughs> All right. Anyhow. Uh, Brian Williams is taking some time off from NBC Nightly News after uh-huh. several of his high-profile stories were exposed to be not entirely truthful. You're a filthy liar. He released a statement over the weekend. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Uh, explaining his decision. And now the news with Pinocchio. <laughs> Pinocchio, you are. Your nose is growing right through the TV screen. Brian disgrace to television journalism. Brian said, "In the midst of get out of here, <laughs> get out of here now." <laughs> and Broca is just losing it. I will not have you here, staking up the newsroom. <laughs> Your steak walks over here <laughs> like putrid donkey crap. I can't say I've ever heard Tom Brokaw yell before. He was a, 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 a little comment that I read. He's he's fairly incensed about the Is whole he thing. Really? Yeah, and he okay. was he was well, because he was also a very big Brian Williams supporter. Yeah, yeah. Right? There were initial reports that he he had said he wanted him let go, and then he came, out of my goddamn mind. But then he released a statement. He said he never said anything like that. I never said that. Uh, <laughs> Those are incorrectly reported. <laughs> I love. There's Brian a lot Williams. of that going yeah. around. Let's go to Jimmy Lushevsky at the Pentagon. Was I uh, screaming or was I quiet? I think you're a quiet top. Thank you. Uh, Brian said, in the midst of a career spent covering and consuming news, it has become painfully apparent to me that I am presently too much a part of the news due to my actions. As managing editor of NBC Nightly News, I have decided to take myself off my daily broadcast for the next several days. And Lester Holt has uh, kindly agreed to sit in for me to allow us to adequately deal with this issue. I watched the uh, NBC Nightly News on Thursday night. I think the story broke on Wednesday, and he addressed it on Wednesday night. And then I watched the whole news program on Thursday night, and they didn't talk about it once. Not one, not one mention right. of it. So I think initially he was trying to get away from it. And I think, and then, I think he thought, and actually I thought, the Mia culpa was going to fly. So did I, yeah. And, uh, but what happened was people who were formerly big supporters of his, they turned on him. So that's, I think, what caused this thing to happen. People who had formerly been in his camp, look, because the word is that he's sort of a recidivist when it comes to this, embellishing on his participation, raising what happened in stories and things that were, and and they sort of knew about it, but that they said, um, you know, can you try to ratchet that in a bit? But he he would, he was a tall tale teller. I don't know why, or how or why you would do that at such a level. This isn't you telling a story at a cocktail party. This is you telling the story on national news. You know, the, you, you know Maureen Dowd, uh, the, the, who, who writes a lot of commentary for the mm-hmm. for the Times and everything. She she had asked the same question: Why you 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 got the brass ring? You're you're the, the you know you're the most watched anchor on television. Was why it, why embellish these stories? But is it confirmed that he embellished them? Well, yeah. If you there is actual there is actual TV. Footage. Well, his facts were incorrect. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And then he had said, "Look, I I remembered it." So now I, I remembered it incorrectly is what he's saying, or he's heard stories and then since okay. just kind of changed in his head. So that's what he's saying. So it's, you know, yeah, he admits that what he said was not true, he but he's okay. saying he doesn't remember it correctly. So 
then it's just whether you believe him or not. The unfortunate part is what it's caused. It's caused people to go back and look, or for him, at least, oh, yeah. unfortunate. They look through Everything. all the years, and right. there, there are and in fact, many examples. Here's another one. Uh, coverage of Hurricane Katrina is being called into question over his yep. claims that he got dysentery from drinking flood water and saw dead bodies floating past his hotel in the French Quarter. The New Orleans advocate pointed out over the weekend that the French Quarter wasn't even flooded during the storm and that a health expert could not recall anyone suffering from dysentery. In deference, though, there was no one around uh, to verify or deny his claim that he killed a vampire. Okay. Yeah. All right. When Fair enough. So we can still Orleans. go with that one. Uh, Williams recently signed a contract with NBC to earn $2 million a year over the next five years for his coverage. Richard Percy Jones, famous for voicing Pinocchio in the Disney animated film from 1940, died on Monday night Aww. at his home in Northridge, California. Uh, he passed from natural causes at the age of 87. In addition to voicing the boy puppet, he acted in many B-movies and TV shows and had small roles in the Our Gang movies. But his first love was porn, right? <laughs> His first, the thing that he loved the most, the thing he was most passionate about, was his pornography. Um, I, you know what? Yeah. It doesn't say that in this little bio. But That's where it? I feel most me. Uh, let's see. There were no strings attached. He retired from acting in the 1960s. Wow. We we should have audio of him as Pinocchio. Uh, he leaves behind a wife of four, a wife and four children. And, uh, wow, he retired from acting in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how old he was when he voiced Pinocchio. All right, here's some of it. I can move. It came out in 1940. So you can do the math. He was 87, so. I can walk. Nick, can you? He was 13. Yes, Pinocchio. 12 and 13. I've given you life. Why? I love Pinocchio. Geppetto wished for a real boy. Am I a real boy? Uh, it's been so long since I've seen it. I don't really remember if oh, I, like I remember. It or it's got Monstro the whale, and they get the whole thing, and it was, and you know, it, it actually is really dark. He starts to, you know, become a donkey, and obviously his nose grows with the lies. Yeah, why does he become a donkey again? Because he why, insulted right? Satan. Oh. He was conducting a black mass, and he didn't do it right. <laughs> He's supposed to uh, worship, offer up a goat, and he offered up a dog instead. Oh. Now, is Feels this... above doesn't sit no, for that, man. So, man, I'm going to make you a donkey. Mm-hmm. Is this still appealing to kids? Or yeah. Not? yeah my, we have the DVD. I've watched it a number of times with my son. Uh, the smoking scenes are interesting. Because well, they have a, they they're have in a, a cigar oh, club. Right. Yeah. But no, Nick, uh, before the movie even comes on, they have a warning about the smoking in the movie. Yeah. Which oh, is really? Re- yeah, it's really There bizarre. kind of is a cigar club scene, Steve. <laughs> re- I mean, like uh, Pinocchio starts getting sick, and they're, they're uh, at this smoking club together, and that's what turns Pinocchio off to smoking. Pinocchio, you can't, that's not how you smoke a pot. You yeah. got to do it this way. Watch it again. You know? First, you take a soda bottle and drop it into a bucket. <laughs> Remember, Jiminy Cricket was a big character for Disney for a long time. They used him as a... Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, obviously, wish, When You Wish Upon a Star is still used as as the song, the mm-hmm. Disney song. I loved, I loved that whole relationship. And, uh, you know, it, yeah, it, it's, it, it definitely tugs at the heartstrings. Yeah. Yeah, we're looking at a picture of Pinocchio <laughs> leaning back in a chair, his feet up on a table, smoking a cigar. There's a mug of beer and a pool cue with poker chips on the table <laughs> yeah. as well and yeah. the cards. Yeah, they they all become sort of lost boys for a little bit. They go to this club and they're hanging out and drinking and smoking. And The only thing missing is bitches. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know what? Uh, in honor of this, I'm going to go to Pinocchio's Pizza today in media. There and by go. the way, when I was a kid, Pinocchio's, <laughs> right next to Pinocchio's, there was an ice cream shop that they owned called Jiminy Crickets. No. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. I wonder if that was by accident. I'm sure Dis- no, Disney totally probably ran both those, right? They don't own Pinocchio. Guess no, where no. I saw Pinocchio in the theater? 
media, media Pensament. Get out. They re-released it and went and saw it in media with my family. So it all comes together. Do you remember that little, Sir. they used to sell the toy, it was a uh, hand-cranked um, movie viewer? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, and I was like, I was in college and I bought <laughs> these things. And the, the footage was of Pinocchio and it was the monstro scene where they, um, the whale swallows them. Yes. And it was just great. It was just a great, you know. One of my favorite Disney stories. We had one of those, and it was uh, the the haunted uh, mansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You could back forward, back forward. It's just I loved yeah. That. Oh, they were so great, and it's low tech. I'll bet you can find those on eBay. Oh, somewhere. I'm sure. People I kept those. making a monster vomit Pinocchio, and it was it was awesome. Well, uh, it was uh, Richard Percy Jones who voiced Pinocchio, and he passed on Monday, so that sucks. Uh, let me see. I probably have one more thing for you. So Zoe Saldana. Yeah. May have gotten married pretty quickly after a breakup with Bradley Cooper, but the Guardians of the Galaxy actress insists she has found the one. The 36-year-old appears on the cover of Fashion Magazine, where she discusses how her relationship with husband, Marco Parego, hey, is different I'm from her previous romance. She's in the movie Avatar. You see that the movie? How oh, the 3D make your head explode? Uh, Zoe reveals that spending time alone after splitting from Cooper in 2012 got her in the right mindset. So last night, the man at the gentleman's club with Pinocchio, and we're talking. And it says, guess who I made? It's always a dad. Settle down with another. Uh, she explains, I was finally able to spend time without being in a relationship, and even though it was a short period of time, it was beautiful. When someone turns around and marries someone quickly, and she was in the relationship with Bradley Cooper, don't you just naturally assume it's a rebound thing? Yeah, you know, it's usually. Just, it's yeah. just the usual assumption. She said, I lost the fear of being alone. It was bliss. I met my partner when I was in a in really a beautiful place in my life. It was like I found all my answers with him. You're my not, spirit guy. Not in him. <laughs> uh, I was. Uh, you're my mirror. That's what you are. I was fine. You're a man. I see you in the mirror and you're me. Mirror man. <laughs> I was finding my answers on my own, she said. I had to go off on my own journey. How do you? How are you the guy that follows Bradley Cooper? Like, how can you be what the you next boyfriend? Can sp- can't speak French. Doesn't have abs. Not a successful career. I'm going to marry this man. <laughs> but sometimes the really good-looking one is, you know what I mean? Is sometimes not the right answer. No, I know. But like, if I'm the next guy, if I'm the guy that Zoe Saldana dates after Bradley it's Cooper, tough. yeah. Uh, um, for the rest of my life, I have a little bit of insecurity because your mouth sure. is really? writing checks your body can't cash. Thank you. I've never really thought about the the guys that came before. Oh, you should. <clears throat> oh yeah, because yeah, the girl is. Yes, you know what? That's a healthy obsession. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. <laughs> you sit down with a show. What person before you was Will Chamberlain? Right. <laughs> she goes on to say, when you are desired and you desire, then so all is desire. <laughs> so right. many things in your life start to make sense. Huh. We both feel we are artists in our core. Uh, They're in the core? One moment you're, uh, no, not like the Marines, oh. no. What are you creating today? I'm creating a still life, sir. You're an artist in the core, yeah, son. Artist in the core. It's a couple pieces of fruit in a bowl, sir. I painted it, sir. <laughs> That's what she said. Not artist to the core, artist in, in the, the core. core. The art division. <laughs> United States Marine yeah. Corps. Art, art division, division, sir. Art division, sir. Today I will paint a still act, sir. 
We'll work on our abstract small. <laughs> Rise and shine. God. One moment you're up, she says. The next moment you're down. It all depends. You can sell a collection. But you can't tune a fish. You... What <laughs> <laughs> the hell she's talking about? I guess he's an artist because she said you can sell a collection. You might not sell the next collection. It's like an actor. You get cast or you don't. So I guess he's at legitimately As long as she's happy. I'm very excited about Guardians of the Galaxy. Coming back in a minute. Stay with us. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the Rock Shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Steven Singer's Ready for Love Diamond Engagement Rings are ready to go. <laughs> Whether your budget's $500 or $5,000, Steven has the perfect ring for you at the perfect price. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. And it's brought to you by The Bowery Presents. Comedian Mark Merriam returns to Philly on Thursday, October 10th at the Merriam Theater. Tickets are online at KimmelCenter.com. A hungry bear feasted on the products of a Colorado pie shop. After breaking into the store through a window, this is the great experience this bear has it's ever had. It's just a pie shop. Yeah. Uh, the animal created havoc. After getting into the premises, the bear made a short work or made short work of two dozen pies. Two dozen. Bags of cocoa and a bag of sugar at the Colorado Cherry Company. Oh, my God. I could really go for a cappuccino. Uh, there was little doubt who was responsible for the break-in. Given was the, it the bear? The large paw prints could be seen on the wall beneath the window. <laughs> Uh, the it's kind of cute though. That's like that's like every Disney movie from the seventies. Yes, you're right. That yeah. rascally old bear broke into that pie shop, and don't you know he ate every last one of them? The <laughs> the owner, Christy Leonard, uh, said that he made his way right in, hopped on top of the oven, hopped down, and had a little feast. He killed uh, all the employees too. <laughs> Torn to shreds. That little <laughs> rascal. That little rascal made mince meat out of the four employees. The bears... It's okay, they were in the country illegally, though. Oh. <laughs> it was a Ripped them to shreds. It's a different time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Never would return to their home in Ecuador. The bear's preference was for the warm rather than cold pies. Ooh. And judging by the trail of sugar and cherries outside the shop, it even decided to have a few pies to go. Hmm. Uh, but it turned out there was Sprinkle either... a little bit of this blood on the pie. <laughs> but it turned out there was either a limit to the bear's gluttony or the pie makers need to go back to the recipe book. Uh, for while the cherry pies went down as a treat, the strawberry and rhubarb pie just... She's my cherry pie. Did not pass. <laughs> he's singing it while he's eating it. Make a grown man cry. She's my cherry pie. Dipping his paw into the pies, singing along. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I had no idea that uh, they were fans of Warren. My cherry pie. She's my cherry pie. Uh, so eat these pies right now. While the cherry pies went down as a treat, the strawberry and rhubarb pies did not pass muster. Do you like rhubarb pie? Uh, it's I don't have it that often, but I, like I, I knew you were going to do that, dude. From the Waltons. Uh, it's good, but I couldn't eat it all the time. I don't think it's that good. What's a rhubarb? 
It is a vegetable that's very, very sweet. It looks like a red um, stalk of celery. Okay. Uh, Rhubarb. But they, they cook it up, and it and it sweetens up, and it's it's really, it's kind of tasty. But uh, Steve doesn't like rhubarb pie. I don't like rhubarb pie, Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, a man who served almost three decades as mayor of Pennsylvania's capital city now faces wide-ranging corruption charges, including allegations he unlawfully used public money for various agencies to buy hundreds of artifacts for a planned Wild West museum and other historical attractions. Oh, this thing's still going on? Stephen Reed illicitly obtained artifacts and other memorabilia while serving as Harrisburg's mayor between 1981 and early 2010. And I actually have a list of some of the things that he bought. Please, um, yeah. Uh, he bought, at taxpayers' expense, a life-size sarcophagus, a full suit of armor, and a vampire hunting kit, <laughs> according to court documents. Well, it's good to know your tax money is being spent wisely. Reed said he's going to fight the charges, proclaiming his innocence as... Many he- have mocked me for my purchases, but who will be laughing when the vampires attack? <laughs> <laughs> The weapons have since uh, been recovered. A woman was arrested, charged, and convicted of sexually assaulting a police officer with her breasts. Uh, 30-year-old Ying Lai Ying of Hong Kong was found guilty of assaulting a police officer using her breasts during during a protest. Uh, Lai Ying, along with three others, were accused of assaulting and obstructing or resisting police officers amid violent protests in Yinglong. Uh, all the defendants were found guilty and were remanded in custody awaiting their sentence. How are they using their breasts to attack this police officer? It's kind of weak. Police okay. said that uh, Lai Ying hit the officer with her breasts while reaching for her purse strap during the protest. After the incident, Lai Ying reportedly began shouting at the officer, indecent assault, claiming that he touched her inappropriately. However, the officer, Chen Kai Paul, yeah. said that it was Lang Ying who had brushed up against his right arm and then made the false accusations of sexual assault against him. Aha! Uh-huh. She was lying the whole time. Uh, Lai Ying. <laughs> uh, the woman also accused the officer of pushing her to the ground. She was bleeding from the nose where she reported the incident to police. Uh, however, when she reported being thrown to the ground, Lai Ying did not mention that she was sexually assaulted by the officer. Ah, okay. Only after she was arrested did she bring up the accusation. So, uh, Magistrate Michael Chan Pikiku uh, ruled that Lai Ying had lied about being assaulted. This is Law Yu. He'll handle you in court. Uh, called her claims malicious. Law Yu. <laughs> Authorities say two thieves suspected of stealing an ATM from a business made it as far as the parking lot, but the machine fell out of the getaway van. Uh, deputies have recovered the ATM. They believe the two men backed up while the, uh, the the white van to the business around 11 a.m. Sunday. They cut the cables to the ATM and then loaded it in the van. Deputies believe the machine fell out of the van when the men drove too fast over a speed bump. So it must have shot out the back. Don't drive too fast. Uh, the suspects drove away without it. Uh, deputies found the van idling on Monday morning. It had been reported stolen. The van was impounded so deputies could look for evidence. How much do you think the average ATM wear, uh, weighs when fully stocked? Weighs? Yeah. Wow. I couldn't even begin to tell you. <laughs> I mean, um, you assume they, they weigh a fair amount. Yeah, I would imagine... 800 pounds, Just 700 for security pounds, purposes, like Yeah, because right? I think they weight those things yeah. down. And it's basically, it's a safe yeah. uh, underneath there, so it's got to be really, really heavy. So We hope. Yep. All right. There you go. That's what I got in the B-File for you. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a second. Stay with us.
93.3 WMMR proudly supports the inaugural Market Street Run for Blue, presented by Wawa. Sunday, October 27th, the event benefits the Philadelphia Police Foundation with a run through historic Old City to 30th Street Station and back for a post-run festival at Penn's Landing, featuring food and beverages courtesy of Wawa, awards for top finishers in multiple age groups, and fun for the whole family. Click events at WMMR.com for all the details and to get signed up. Sunday, October 27th. It's the Market Street Run for Blue. Presented by Wawa. 93.3 WMMR is putting Philly first. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. And it's brought to us by Dietz and Watson, the official deli meat, cheese, franks, and sausages of the Eagles. Start your pregame with their fan favorite 100% all beef franks. What's going on, Steve? Well, Dance Moms star Abby Lee Miller has been charged with bankruptcy fraud for uh, hiding her income and concealing almost three quarters of a million dollars she made from the show. A defiant Miller says she will be found innocent and absolved of all charges. That is, not unless the investigators are really good at finding stuff. (laughs) Real Housewives of New Jersey star Therese Judice will release a book about her time in prison to coincide with her release on December 23rd. Judai says the book will be a candid and graphic look at her life behind the uh, behind bars and will be titled The Shaw Skank Redemption. Yes! <laughs> and finally, Warner Brothers movie Pan is being labeled as a complete bomb after the $150 million movie earned just $16 million opening weekend. Said one Warner's executive, quote, little did we suspect the movie's title would also be its review. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trip. Has anybody talked to anybody? So I didn't know it did I don't know bad. anyone who's seen it. $150 million budget, $16 million opening weekend. Oh, my God. That's one of the worst. Terrible. I've ever heard. Yeah, and the movie looks, looks like it's... It looks cool. It looks pretty confident. I don't know if they, if they marketed it right or not. I, um, I think if they... A lot of people were confused as to what it was. Me too. And it, it, it's, a, it's a Peter Pan origin story. Yeah. I and mean, they needed to get that out more. Yeah. Well, interesting. All right. So we have a guest who is on the line, ready to go. And we are going to spend a little bit of time chatting with a gentleman who has a movie opening that's called McFarland USA. This looks like a great Disney done film. I'm a sucker for these things. Absolutely. Please welcome to our show, Mr. Kevin Costner. Yay! Good morning, Good morning, Kevin. Hey, how are you today, sir? I'm fine, thanks. Excellent. So, uh, you know what? I've um, you, you have such a great history in, in films with sports. Um, you know, there's so many different ones. Obviously, you've done uh, baseball films and golf and and uh, is running. And I know that you you love both of those sports. This one focuses on cross-country running. Is that something that's been a part of your life, Kevin? No, no, I hate running. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, when I see people out there jogging, I think, what for? Um, I agree. It, it's really, I've, I've never had that. I've, I'm, you know, I play a lot of sports, I'm, so I'm kind of a quick athlete. But I, I just, you know, the idea of running a long distance, I don't have the kind of endurance for that. And it just, it baffles me. And I don't want any part of it. Well, in, in the movie, uh, Jim White, the, the, the man you're, you're playing, sort of ends up in a default situation where he ends up with this he he wants to coach other sports he really has no no time for this but he makes the the most of it and uh correct me if i'm wrong kevin but when you went to high school did you actually play this school when you were in uh in sports well you know i i started thinking about that we're talking about 45 years ago (laughs) i played all i lived about 45 minutes from mcfarland and i played all all the schools around him i I was pretty sure for a moment because being hanging out in that town i'm thinking i feel like i've played here you know and um 
Um, I don't know that I actually played them. I, I thought that I did, but I played Delano, Hanford, all the schools around them. So I'm really, I don't have a yearbook to look back, but when I was in that town, I kept thinking, I have been here before. Well, it was maybe a Brian Williams moment that you had. So I, Probably not as dangerous as his. Yeah. <laughs> so the movie's based on a true story. Did you get to meet any of the, the real people? Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I did. In fact, you know, all those. What's amazing about the fact the story is true these, is this the little town that really it's all migrant farm workers didn't have really anything going for it. And a guy, you know, my my I come into this community. I don't know what I'm doing either. And I just sent something. These kids who 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 run to work in the morning and then then go to public school in the day and then run back to the same field. Our kids aren't having to do that. These kids did, and you and he saw this kind of natural strength in him. And the only thing he could think of was this this sport, and they, he 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 brings them into this, and the, and they end up winning nine state championships. It's Amazing. just kind of a, a remarkable story, and all those kids are still there. Uh, they're now you know uh, detectives, teachers, uh, newspaper writers. They all went to college when none of their parents ever did. So even though it feels like it's a story about running, about you know Chicanos or whatever you want to say. It's it's actually more American than any story, you know. It, it it's it's a very American story because it's about parents who will get up and do anything to make sure that their kids have a shot at something better. There's something about sports movies that um, it, it you know it, it doesn't matter what kind of I mean certainly having the the right equipment can help, but if you've got the ability, you can transcend your your place in life or where you are, you know, and, and, and excel in ways that sometimes you're not afforded in, in other occupations. If you've got the chops, you can do it. And that's what yeah. makes it a, a truly, I think, a, a American experience. Is that what in general draws you to sports films? Well, I, I don't know, but the, what you just described is the promise we all kind of tell our kids, right? It's yeah. kind of a thing. We go, look, if you work hard enough, if you do this, and, you know, I mean, it's it's the awesome promise of America. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't always work that way for a lot of people. Sometimes, uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is, but that has always been the promise. Um, I was drawn to this because it was true. It was because of an area that, that I grew up in, um, and I just... Uh, you know, you, you see this stuff, and, and even this guy, this coach that we're talking about, you know, when you have that kind of success, you, you, you move up, you move out, you move on. Yeah. That's yeah. what you do in America. You, 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 you go for the bigger paycheck. This guy's still there. This community took a part of him, and he just never left. It's a, you, you describe, uh, you know, the, uh, the the kids going to work before school, you know, p- picking, I guess, what, cabbages and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, well, anything. Yeah. You know, that, you know, they start at 12 years old picking strawberries. And, and, and building up that work ethic and that endurance, and this is a sport certainly that, that relies on an endurance. Uh, did you – do I understand correctly that at some point in the movie you're, you're depicted as getting out there in the field and, 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 and doing it yourself? It's, it's yeah, pretty- at some point he has to – you know, when you when you want to earn somebody's trust, you've got you to some like, you know, work with them. And he, he had to learn the language. He had to try to understand what was going on because this was two worlds, really. He was a very – the coach was the one that had to learn a lot. Um, these kids had something in them. He just showed, you know, he just saw, let them see what's possible. And kind of that's what we do in life, right? And when we, when we show somebody what's possible, when somebody showed you guys what was possible, it's kind of unbelievable what you actually can end up doing with opportunity. Uh, Kevin, uh, Disney does such a great job with, with uh, films in this genre. I'll point to one in particular, The Rookie with, uh, with Dennis Quaid. Uh, it was rated G when it came out, and people weren't sure if they were going to take this seriously or not. And it was, it's one of the best baseball films I've ever seen. 
Uh, and and I'm curious. That it, it, I have no idea what the rating is on this film. Is it a, a PG or is it G or? Uh... I think it is a PG. I, okay. G. I mean, it is a Disney movie, but it's it really you know kind of highlights a a, a a way of life. You know, a lot of times I, I don't know in Philadelphia. I don't think you see it right now. I think you guys are really under it for a second. But out here in California. You know, this food ends up all over the world, and when you drive the highways here, you see the people. You see the people picking, yeah. uh, left and right. I, I can I could drive today and see 500 people doing that job um, within a, within a two miles of myself. And um, you know, it, 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 there is something you know about that. And sometimes you got to say to your kids, "You see that? That's what go. That's what ha- that's what's happening here." Yeah. Well, you've had you have this movie out. You just had uh, Black or, or White out as well, which was received very well. And uh, we're 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 in um, we're in Oscar season, and you have experience having won a, a Best Director Oscar for uh, Dancing with Wolves. Do you remember what the Maelstrom was like prior to the Oscar awards? Were you? It wasn't like it was today. You know, I wasn't even around when when dances came out. I was over making Robin Hood. I you know, so I didn't I didn't go to any of these luncheons. I didn't <laughs> I didn't see any of this. The only thing I went to was uh, the Directors Guild, and we won there. And then I went to the Oscars, but. You're right about Black or White. I appreciate you mentioned that for people who haven't seen it. I, I made that movie for people. I think, you know, it really is an authentic look at where we're at with race today. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I hope you do because you'll kind of end up hearing things in that movie that you wish you might have said. Right. And and that's a, that that's why I made it, you know. I haven't seen it yet, but I have kind of had a Kevin Costner week. We're talking to you now. Uh, I watched uh, Jack Ryan the other night, and I watched Draft Day the other night as well, which I really enjoyed. I think the only uh, the only way I would have enjoyed it better is if you were the GM of the Philadelphia Eagles and not the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I, no, I get, that was a great, that was a fun movie to make. It really was. I mean, I've had a pretty good time with this with this career. I mean, it's uh, you know you you kind of hope that you find something in your life, and all of a sudden. You you do, and then and then there's no guarantee, you know, that you're gonna you know get it. But um, it's I've been able to do some pretty fun things, and I think being the GM of the Browns or was, was it was just a great a great movie. Yeah, I was just blown away with with the access that you had, you know, to just the NFL. And I wanted to know when when researching for that role, what what kind of access did you have? They were they were just they just really opened the doors. I really did, you know. Um, I've always been pretty lucky, you know, when I made Love of the Game. You know, Steinbrenner, you know, at first it was a little difficult because in the script it said that Yankees lose, and he takes that really personally. Sure. And and uh, I had to do some very quick thinking on my feet, and I said, George, understand something. You guys have won the division, okay? This is a meaningless game. This, the two games and the seasons is over. We're not going to the playoffs. You are. And he kind of listened. And I, he goes, so we're going to the playoffs and you aren't. I go, yeah. It's just a game that you lose. It's a meaningless game. And he went, Okay. <laughs> and, you go, you know, and I, I got off the phone. It was like the difference between us making the movie there and not. And I, oh, and I just, wow. I just loved him. You know, for you because no, my team has to win. It, and he just, he was just like competitive. I go, it's a movie, George. It's a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was no. Obviously, the legend was he was difficult to work with. I, I've read a few interviews with you, uh, Kevin, where you, you you say that if you were to uh, liken yourself to any one of your characters, it'd be. Uh, Crash Davis from uh, Bull Durham. Would, would you say that is is that the truth? Is that reported accurately? Well, or? you know what happens. People pin me down, and the minute I say something like that, I just think about you know ten other roles I've been able to play that were yeah. pretty cool for me. Yeah, 
Um, and you know, I mean, playing Charlie Waite and in, in, in Open Range was great. And yeah. you know, being in Fandango and being, you know, I mean, you know, dances or Wyatt Earp. JFK. It was, you know, it's like been pretty great teaching Renee Russo how to golf. I mean, it's going to be worse. Hey, speaking of that, no, no uh, pro am at Pebble Beach for you this year. You know, I haven't, I haven't played there in, 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 in the longest time. You know, people think I love golf. I play golf maybe. I haven't played this year, wow. and I probably played two times last year. I, you know, when I I made that movie, people think you do, and you just don't. And then yeah. I played. And when you combine it with playing Pebble, then people think, oh, my God, this guy must be playing all the time. I, I could, it's like running to me, really. Oh, man. It's five hours out there. I really dig nine holes barefoot. Yeah. That's what I kind of like. Well, yeah. Kevin, getting back to Crash Davis real quick, the rules of speaking to the media that he lays out, they, they're in effect today. And, I, and people were referencing Crash Davis and Bull Durham during the Super Bowl with Marshawn Lynch and his sort of inability to talk to the media. Do you think about that impact, about athletes and dealing with the media? Well, I don't know that we impacted anything, but I, but I, I do know they just have – there's just so much, only so much they can say. We either won today, we lost. We, we need a better effort. <laughs> we, you know, we, we, we kicked a few balls. <laughs> One you game know, at it, a time. It, it, it's, it's really, you know, you can, you can, get, you can get by. And, and so is it any wonder we, we, we feel like there's a redundancy? Because it is the same game we keep talking about. And, you know, so I, you know, I get it. But that's what you have to do. I mean, and not everybody's equipped to kind of describe – they do every day because because they're kind of over it. Right. Well, uh, we know McFarland USA hits already getting uh, great numbers on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It's good advance word. Huge. And, and uh, so, uh, and, and a really cool story. So thanks for spending some time with us, Kevin. We appreciate it. You guys it. take care of yourself out there. The rest of the country's watching people. It sounds like you guys are suffering. Oh, yeah. We, we, yeah they have a little, little further north than worse, but yeah. it's cold here for sure, yeah. Well, listen, I appreciate you guys talking movies. I appreciate you uh, talking about McFarlane, I, and I am really happy that you talked about Black or White. I do hope you guys um, check that we out. We definitely will. Excellent. All right, thank you so much. Kevin Costner, everybody. Yeah. Take care, Kevin. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, wow. Great wow. connection. Great connection, too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that was so much. I thought it was going to be a good interview. That was so much better than I thought it was going to well, be. Well, listen, nice guy. he's had so many. Jesus, you, you could take. You could take a number of movies and just spend time with just, I mean, Field of Dreams alone, which has become the default Father's Day movie. And the second that he started to rattle off a couple of his own films and characters, I wanted to jump in and go, oh, don't forget about The Guardian. Hey, did you see Wyatt Earp? (laughs) (laughs) Did you read it? We didn't even talk about it. He's Superman's dad. I I know. We didn't talk about Man of Steel. I mean, there's, you know. The Postman. The po- I, you th- there, are, there are several movies of his that didn't do that well that I really like. The, Post, the Postman is one of them. The Guardian, I think, is a really good movie. It's about a, uh, um, um, Coast, a Guard. Coast Guard uh, rescue diver. And um, uh, who's the, the guy that stars Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher is in it? I think it's a really good movie. It's loosely based on the life of Jim Jackson. A lot, a lot of people, people don't know, know that. that. I didn't yeah. know that. Wow. He's not on hold yet. He oh, can't okay. hear it. Damn. But, um, <laughs> actually, you should watch Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit. I, I really enjoyed the movie. Well, well he kind of giggled when you mentioned that, yeah. which was interesting. I wonder if he thought of it as a, ah, it's an action movie, you know. But you said he's really good at he it. He is. Well, I mean, he just, you know, he plays a guy in the CIA and, uh, you know, like a, a mentor, father figure yeah. type of dude. Yeah. The Breston and Steve love you, hate you, live. Hey, this is Nick McAway. I like to snoogle and do other things. Give me a call, 1-900-SNOOGLE. Next message. Blair, stay at work and then the six days off? Let's get up. Woo! Next message. I'll sit on a turnpike and everybody is not moving. I am going
the Preston and Steve Love You, Hate You line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR Rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less. 